Damn, but I will say, the second I said hot dogs, y'all fucking judging me. <laughs> oh, Did you lose your goddamn mind? I'm either gonna drink to be happy or drink to be sad, but either way, we're drinking. I'm gonna drink. I'll take you guys to New Jersey as a matter. Hello, hello, and welcome to the podcast. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, thanks for you guys for checking out the live stream. Like I said, the live stream is a bonus. You can hear it. It's almost like a, you know, a little radio show more than a podcast at that point when it's live like that. And you can call in and say, you know, whatever the hell you want or, you know, touch in on the subjects like that. You know, I, f I figured it's a bonus feature. Uh, which I will start probably having on YouTube at some point. Uh, right now it's going to be on the Facebook Live on a few deep page. So check that out. Usually it's on a Monday night or a Thursday night around, uh, I don't know, 6 o'clock, 6 p.m. Pacific time. So like I said, that's a bonus feature. But thank you if you're tuning into the live stream and leaving comments, and that's great. Uh, also, thanks to my guest on Thursday night, Gabe Wolfenstein. He is a regular at the Rose in a trivia host once in a while for a fill-in, which is always a good time. Super nice guy. Um, I thought it was a good conversation. We talked a lot about music and, uh, you know, just life in general and what we, you know, what he, what he does for a living and that kind of stuff and a little bit of our background history with each other. Uh, not every conversation is going to be gold for the audience. You know, it's whether it's a good conversation for me, and it might not be a great conversation for you. Uh, this, you know, my my goal isn't to always please the audience. It's like I want to give you guys as much as I can that's, you know, entertaining enough, but at the same time I want everything to be authentic and pure and just a good natural conversation where there's no, you know, twists and turns that I'm, you know, that I'm trying to take you on, you know, I want you to just go there naturally, so, uh, so yeah, so but before we get into that conversation, I want to tell you about our sponsor, All in the Details, now All in the Details is, um, a car de detailing company out of, uh, Pennsylvania in the New Jersey area, uh, winter is coming, uh, you want to get, you know, the inside of your car. You want to get those coffee stains out. You want to get those wrappers out. You want to get that carpet shampoo so you don't have that musty smell from, like, water and, you know, sand. And you've been at the beach and you just got that, maybe that sea smell. You got some seashells you collected. You know, and you want to get that smell out. You know, you need a shampoo. You know, you need a detailing. All, all that car. You know, kids smearing boogers and, you know, all that stuff. You know, all in the details provides the best around. They, they're they're gonna they're gonna they're just gonna detail the shit out of your car. They're gonna take more care of you and more love because they're a small business, and they're gonna put the work into it. Unlike maybe some of these other chain detailers who're just gonna gonna run, and they're gonna run over your car and real fast ish, and you know, and you're, they might miss some spots. If he miss spots, he'll come to your house. He'll take care of you. Now you need to check out njpadetailing.com. Facebook.com slash all in the details PA or Instagram.com to see the beautiful work that he does. And that is Instagram.com slash all in the details PA. 
Now go check those out and get your car detailed for the winter and have it smelling fresh and looking clean. Now, we are going to get into the conversation with me and Gabe. Like I said, I hope you enjoy. It's not always gold, you know, or something that you're here, but hopefully you take away something from it. You know, I, you know, I always take away everything. I always take away something from every conversation. Uh, at, at least, you know, a little bit of more knowledge about the person or maybe about a beer or maybe about, you know, whatever. He, he was talking, um, a ton about, you know, some, some data stuff that I didn't really know was, you know, what, what kind of people were doing, the research that people are doing these days for, for certain things. I'm just, it's kind of mind boggling what people get paid to do. Not that it isn't <clears throat> in a bad or a good way. It's just super interesting. And I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't really know that that was going on. But all right. So here's that conversation with me and Gabe Wolfenstein. Set the boot, put us in. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. My guest tonight, my friend Gabriel Wolfenstein. What's up, my friend? What's up, man? It is such a pleasure to be here in the podcast room. Hey, I really appreciate you coming, dude. My absolute pleasure. Um, Topic of discussion. Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, dude. Great movie? Greatest movie. Oh, dude, it's the greatest movie, in my opinion. (laughs) But, as you can tell with my poster... I'm seeing it. uh, I don't know if anybody out there live can really see it. They can probably see half of it with Kim Cattrall. And, uh, you know, uh, which so far, you know, during all the trivia that we've had, I've never heard a Big Trouble in Little China reference. No, I don't think so. And it should have been like a couple nights ago and the storms were raging. Right? Yeah, when uh, <laughs> old Jack Burt, when somebody grabs you and taps when it taps you up against side, the best back side of your head. Um, I love right, that that's movie. Good. Oh, so good. Um, all right, get my settings all right. We're good. So, um, so what's going on, man? Anything going on? Uh, oh, you know, weather's cooled down. It's feeling a little more fall-like, a little happier. Yeah. I said, man, it was brutal a couple weeks, and I am the whiniest son of a bitch about weather. Dude, I am too, but I just don't post it. <laughs> just kind of a waste of my time, right? It's like, I am not a fan of, you know, really shitty hot weather. And obviously, I'm not a fan of really, really cold fucking weather. No, that's why I live here. Yeah, exactly. So, it's a really good mix sometimes, but here on the third floor, like, right now, it's beautiful. Yeah. You know, we have, like, the fan in here is perfect. Like, usually, like the other day, not usually, I should say, just just when it's hot. Mm. The other day, I, like, I had to leave. I couldn't even be in here. It was just too fucking hot. Yeah, no, I got a second floor apartment. Windows on one side. No oh. cross drafts. No cross drafts. Like, oh, that's worse. Like, day one, still okay. Day two, it's over. Done. Which is Man. why, a couple weeks ago, I was at the Rose all day for, yeah. like, two days. With the games, which I should have fucking came down and played the games. Cause <laughs> you should have come That, that was our diet. We, like, we stayed, we went to the movies and saw something, and they were like, all right, what else should we do? I was like, we should probably go to the Rose and hang out. But like, oh, I don't want to fucking go there or something Maybe, maybe not. But, but like, it has sure air enough. conditioning. Exactly. Oh, such a thing. All right. <laughs> uh, let's kick off this beer. We are going to start off with a double IPA. And this is from Bike Dog Brewing Company, which is in West Sacramento. 
And this is an 8.4. And it is called the Velodrome. Velodrome. Something like that. Right, which is where the, bi- where the bicycles, bicycles race. Oh, really? They race in a velodrome. Oh, shit. I don't know that. Yeah, that's what you know, I learned at some Olympics. Olympics. That's when I, you know, you learn all this kind of stuff. It's called the velodrome? Yep. Damn, all right. That's cool. Let's see if I can get some sound out of that. No, nothing. Eh, a little bit. Eh, a little, they do have that great label, though, of the bike, of the dog on the bike. I do love it. It's such a good, it's a good, it's a kick-ass logo. Yeah. It's solid. Yeah, somebody you know? actually, you know, put some thought into that one. Yeah. It was like, all right. I see you, bike dog. I see you. And one of the things that I've noticed, um, which of the many things that differ beer from wine, you know, how it's made, what it's made of, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Interesting beer labels don't necessarily mean that your beer is shitty. Interesting wine labels usually indicate shitty wine. Oh, really? On that kind of level? Yeah, because I feel like the interesting wine labels are trying to sell you, like, people who love wine, like, they know their folks, they know things, and you don't need anything complicated, you just need, like, the name on it. We'll give them a little taste. You know. Yeah. (laughs) But folks who... You know, but folks who love beer love interesting labels. That's very true. Very true. Well, cheers, man. Cheers, my friend. Pleasure to be here. Definitely. It's got a good nose. You know, it's got a really nice finish. It's smooth. A smooth finish. Yeah. It's a double, but it doesn't... It it finishes pretty uh, smooth like a single. Yeah, it it doesn't grab you at the back of the tongue and say... Fuck you, taste buds. Yeah, you're out. I'm bringing somebody else in. <laughs> We're switching over. Um, so, all right. So, um, nice beer. I actually, so I don't really know what what exactly do you do for a living. I always forget. It's like I know I know you work at the college, right? Yeah. And you, and you, it's is it Melissa that does the? She's advising. The advising. Okay. Yep. And and what and what do you got going on? So that? so I'm a. Drinker by profession and a historian by training. Right. Um, so I, I got my PhD in history a number of years ago Ooh. in uh, in British history, 19th century British history. Is my British like history. Specific field. Or at nice. least it was my specific field when All I was right. really still doing that. That's cool. Um, and a few years ago, I transferred more into admin kind of stuff. And right now, I work on a couple of research projects that are affiliated with uh, with Stanford's Center for Spatial and Textual Analysis, so it's digital humanities kind of work. So what, what does that really involve? Like, is that, um, so that's working with tech and... In humanities, basically. In humanity, like putting it together, basically? Yeah, that- yeah, straightforward version is you use computers and other digital tools to ask and answer humanities questions. So say you want to know, I don't know, like, what are the canonical kinds of novels in the 19th century okay and we have a canon of like your charles dickens and thomas hardy and you know folks like that yeah that have been handed down to us okay by you know people who came later and said that's the good stuff yeah but there's like i don't know sixteen thousand victorian novels that are still you know around so what you can do is you can use the computer and analyze all sixteen thousand, looking at common phrases or the structures of the book or other stuff like that and then you can start to say so what did a novel actually look like in that period how did that change over time 
Yeah. And are these things actually canonical, or did we just say, yeah, this is the good stuff? Because now there's a lot of crap, too. So oh, there's, there's a, a lot re- of crap in everything. So. Exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, it's interesting because you can start thinking, why did this get remembered and that didn't? Yeah, that's always weird. Like, what? what well, I guess what things get popular, right? So what's popular and why was it popularized? Yep. And I feel like probably a lot of things back in the day that were good weren't necessarily popular. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, and no, that... So a lot of it probably got lost in translation, right? Yeah. I guess in, in that kind of sense. Yeah. Is Have you come across anything that maybe wasn't super popular that like man, this blew, like, you know, you know, somebody, that, like, you know, like, uh, whatever uh, popular person that was around at the time, like, out of the water kind um, of thing. There's some late 19th century stuff that, you know, that I is guess this, probably nobody in the field that's... that's and is this yeah. history or, or all, like, literature, just anything? Yeah, so that was, that was, you know, sort of an example of one of the projects totally. that, yeah, that yeah. go on. Yeah. But it can be history, it can be art history, it can, can be, be anything. Yeah, any... Anything that you have data for gotcha. that is susceptible to some kind of digital analysis. So it could be about mapping. You, okay. could, you could take those novels and you could map all the places that are mentioned in them. All right. And construct a geography of the novel in the 19th century. You could take census data or crime data from the 20th century and map where it's happening and see if you start seeing patterns and then, you know, explore those historical changes by looking at those patterns and seeing something jump out at you that you wouldn't otherwise see without, you know, looking at it all on a map. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Like if, uh, you know, like looking at like a um, Jack the Ripper kind of thing in that, you know, England period and then kind of following if there was more murders yeah. as time went on in, in the area, of, you know, and doing some more data on just the area itself yeah. on serial killers on that. Yeah. That's kind of cool. And you see, you see a lot more of that these days. Um, like if you look at... Any of the, you know, newspaper articles, yeah. you know, recently, stuff on New York Times or, you know, San Francisco Chronicle or something. There's all sorts of, like, map-based stuff now mm. that that sort of reveals different kinds of patterns or where weather's happening or climate change or et cetera. And that's all the same kind of tools. Same, it's not necessarily humanities. But, right. Well, basically humanities, right? It, it has to deal with, you know, the human race and what, you know, uh, like you said, it the mapping out of the data. Yeah. So I mean, it, it, you're you're studying patterns of human activity. Yeah. And what effects that we have on environment or wh- you know whatever else, right? So all the all the. That yeah, kind definitely. Of stuff. It definitely has to do with what yeah. what it means to be human. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that's awesome, dude. That sounds fun. So yeah, no, it's a lot of it's a it's, lot of fun and a lot of working with undergraduate students, which is great fun. Yeah, and you got to have a lot of different. Um, like a lot of different projects that it's not just one specific thing right it's got to be like you know wow that's cool i didn't know we were gonna work on that today well that's pretty fucking awesome yeah no so so what i do is i do a lot of project management i do some research on some of the stuff but a lot of project management okay one of the more interesting projects i'm working on right now is on the chinese railroad workers who were central to building the central pacific railroad yeah which made leland stanford a fuck ton of money. In fact, a lot of his money. In fact, the university itself is in a deep way sort of based on the money he made off, off of the railroad. Yeah. Or the building of the railroad for that. Yeah. And yeah, in California, that had to be some of the most uh, historic uh, uh, f- uh, funds that were actually made off of the, all that stuff with the yeah. railroad and stuff. And coming out to the West, you know, or trying to, because it's got, what? 
um, just the, the the Chinese and the and the Irish, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm sure there was probably a few other ones like you know maybe some Japanese in there as well. And yep, no, there were a lot of immigrant groups. Yeah, but most of the Irish work was done on I think on the Union Pacific, coming east. Okay, right. The yeah. Central Pacific was. You know, it was heavily, I mean, there was a lot of white labor, too. Yeah. It was heavily Chinese. Yeah. Um, and it was brutal work, man. You, you know, got to make these tunnels and get up through the Sierras. Half and they the, kept working in the winter. I mean, it was nuts. Well, how, yeah, I mean, half the time I see any kind of roadways or, or tunnels or, or railroad, I'm baffled by how they made, you know, even if you go up the woodside, it's the windiest fucking road. I'm like, who the fuck decided it was a good idea to make this road? Yeah. And how did you make this road? That was ridiculous. Well, which horse path did you follow? Right, it exactly. Had yeah, it had to be a horse path. And then you'd carve out, you know, more space, right? Right. And then, okay, we could probably drive a car up here. That's probably fine. And then, yeah, progress over there. All right, let's lay some cement down and fucking start doing that, that shit. And then it starts getting steeper and steeper and just crazier and crazier with dynamite blowing up, you know, mountains, like you said, going into the Sierras and, you know, just going through the whole fucking tunnels. Yeah, like, and those, in those early years, they were using nitroglycerin, too. And- yeah. That shit's unstable. Yes. So peeps were blowing themselves up. A lot up too. of people were blowing themselves up. Yeah. That's that's a crazy job. I would I would never want to be volunteered for that. <laughs> no. <laughs> and and the white folk more or less wouldn't do it. Yeah. Exactly. Just fucking sending other people been there fucking to do it. What a crazy fucking race. Here, uh, you guys do it. No. Fuck you. I'm not doing that shit. No. And you know, which brings us a little back to like farm labor and stuff now, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Which I mean. I kind of like it's it's interesting who wants to work and who doesn't want to work. It's like I I enjoyed some of the farm stuff. I didn't do a whole lot of it, mm. but I I liked working, you know, yeah, with, you know, mm. you know certain types of animals and, you know, uh working machinery that was cool and you know, not necessarily doing everything like getting up and feeding and mm-hmm. all the other yep. stuff, yeah, but you know, you know, mowing the lawn and and you know, harvesting some crops and stuff. It was, it's it's cool. It's interesting, and it's good hard manual labor. Not necessarily you want to do it for the rest of your life, yeah. but um, it's it's a it's a good learning and a good um, uh, what do you call it? Like uh, I don't know, a set of life lessons. Yeah, a very like life lesson to get, to kind of like uh, respect what has to be done. I guess you know what I mean. It's like, well, I don't just get my food from a supermarket. I get it from the shit I you know, or you have to. I didn't get. The, I wasn't a slaughterer of a you know, but. If I had to, I guess, you know, I, I would try to man up and, and own that shit because I eat meat and I feel like, you know, I would do that. Yeah, I'm a total hypocrite that way. Yeah. I don't want, I eat meat. I love all varieties of meat. Yeah. I don't want my meat to look like it did when it's alive. It's true. I don't even like heads on my fish. No, I don't. No. I'm, I'm not even a big fish person, but I, I don't even like chicken feet and chicken. Oh, and, and then there's, yeah. You no. know, and they get, get weird and, uh. But, yeah, like, I, I thought about it for a long time. I was like, if I was hungry enough and I really liked meat, and they were like, well, you got to put this one down. I was like, I'm going to have to man up and do it. I, and it, let's see if I, I don't even know if I could do it, but I think I could do it. I mean, I am, I feel very fortunate that I make enough money and live in a space where I don't have to eat those unpleasant parts of the animal. Yes. And Definitely. I don't live, you know, in Germany where they voluntarily eat the unpleasant parts of animals yeah <laughs> nobody wants to do that <laughs> no not at all no brains for me thank you no brain yeah no brains i don't like no no brains no liver i'm not even a big i hate liver 
Liver, yeah, dude, like no. liver, liver's the worst. No, and, and have you watched it cooking where it sort of bops around when people are frying it up? Yeah, it's just I find liver very, gross all around. Yeah, very unpleasant. Yeah. It doesn't. That's where all the shit gets filtered. <laughs> like you know, like your whole life you've been drinking or eating crap, and just fuck, it's like filtration shit. That's like eating the, you know, the the urinal cake. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like. Here, uh, you could have this urinal cake, you know, and fry it up. It's pretty good later on, you know. Yeah, that sounds like what I want to do. <laughs> Fuck that and shit. And there's an image I'm <laughs> never going to get out of my head. <laughs> I'm not doing that shit. No way, man. Uh, cool. Well, um, so so you've been doing that for how many years? A little while? I don't know. Yeah, about four or five years, something like that. I came up here. Have you, and you, you're not uh, a Palo Alto native, right? You, no, I'm from L.A. You're from L.A.? Yep. And how long do you live in L.A. for? Let's see. So I was born and raised there. Then I came up here for undergraduate. I was at Cal, across the okay. bay. Um, and then sort of, you know, back and forth each summer. So I wasn't really like, I mean. Any reason you decided to, to make the journey up? Yeah. So my dad taught at UCLA. And, okay. you know, love my dad, love my mom, getting along yeah. great with them, but did not want to be at the institution where he taught. Gotcha. Did not want to, you know, did not want to deal with the, you know, friends in his class. Like, yeah. dude, can you, can you hook me up? Can you get me a better grade? Yeah, like, that kind of shit. Like, no. Yeah. So Berkeley was far enough away that I was away, but close enough that I could be back visit, in a few hours. Back and forth, yeah. All right, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then I went back down to L.A. for a year, and I worked as a paralegal. And I decided, yeah, I don't want to be a lawyer. No. You know, law is sort of interesting, but the practice of law, not so interesting, at no. least not to me. No, I don't think, it's, it's it seems like a super, uh, even when you talk to Boris or, you know, at where, you yeah. know, at the Rose or whatever, sometimes it's just like, I, I, I would not want to do what you do all day and just deal with that. That just seems so overwhelming and um, law is something that, I don't know, uh, there's too many fine lines that I would just miss. Yeah, uh, no, you know, you know one word that. out of place. Yeah, one. Yeah, I can't study that millions hard. of dollars. Yeah, can't study that hard. That seems to be. That's like next to. Well, I would say the doctor comes first, mm. then lawyer, and everything else after that's kind of like, well, you know, you might make money. <laughs> <laughs> At least law is only three years. It's true. And med school, yeah, man. Med school. You're in there for basically life. Yeah, well, I mean, what I can't remember what it is like what six years before you do residency or something like that. Yep. And you're still basically in school and like you're in residency, you're a doctor, but you're not like on your own yet for another. I don't know how many. It's a long time. Well, plus I, mean, I feel like you know it doesn't matter. Like it's kind of like any like uh, field you get in, and you have to like just keep updating yourself like a program. You know, you're like, oh, you didn't yeah. get that memo. You need to you, you need need to figure out. You know. Uh, that this is now obsolete, yeah. and then now now we're doing this. Yeah, this like, this, this oh, drug that's happening. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna need you to go ahead and come in tomorrow. So if you could be here it's around a long <laughs> nine, that would be great. But okay. yeah, well that's about right, right? Because yeah. the drug that you said was the greatest thing ever yesterday is gonna kill you tomorrow. Is gonna kill you tomorrow. Exactly. And you're like, oh, that, that didn't make sense. Yes, I know. That's why we said it was for tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I prescribed this to you, but yeah, I'm yeah. going to need you to come in tomorrow I'm morning. I'm going to need you to come in tomorrow because we fucked that up. Yeah. Yeah. No, it makes sense. Um, yeah, I don't... I, I, I never had the desire to do anything with law or any, like, lawyer stuff. I, mm-hmm. jumped, I jumped right into, like, 
Um, let's see, what did I jump? I jumped, I was working right away in like hotels and some things. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of jumped into uh, auto mechanics and took like a, a bunch of that kind of stuff. So I was a mechanic for like 10 years. Did you have a kind of, did you have favorite cars to work on? No, I mean, I worked on Infinity and Nissan cars mm-hmm. were my, uh, and, and Japanese models, yep. basically, just in general, because the Japanese have a great uh, uh, system of what they do and the way they do it. Their engineering is crazy. It's awesome. Mm. Uh, as far as, like, some of the other engineering that you kind of get into with, like, you know, Germans, it's, like, very touchy and very, like, specific on, like, tools and... Uh, hardware that they mm-hmm. use, and the Japanese kind of make it a little easier, but more efficient, mm-hmm. and it just makes more sense. And you're like, okay, that's cool. And that's how you build the car. Awesome. And then it runs forever. Cool. The Germans are like, oh no, 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 we're not doing that. <laughs> it's gonna fall apart. You're not gonna know how to fix it. You know, you need a special person like me to fix it and i'm gonna charge you a bazillion dollars yeah well, oh, well you fuck know, you bmw can eat shit that's why you know that's why you own a porsche yeah exactly but, or you know or other times like sobs sobs used to have this rep when sob existed i guess had this rep for like beautiful cars performed great man you're gonna spend a lot of money keeping that thing going yeah that's the thing that people don't realize is when they buy a car it's like you know, super tedious of the maintenance and the upkeep on actually like your brakes go. It's like, well, there goes 10 grand, you know, or something like that. And you're just like, I didn't realize that I would spend so much money on parts and labor. <laughs> yep. You didn't. That's why I drive a Civic. Yeah. That's why I drive a Toyota 1998 Toyota Tacoma where I fixed that shit myself. There you go. Fuck people. <laughs> yeah. No, that was, there was, when I was still riding motorcycles, um, last bike I had was a Suzuki Bandit. Oh, nice. And, man, that thing ran for freaking ever. I bet. And I did just about everything on that except the brakes. That I brought to the shop because that was one thing I was like, I want to make sure that that's done right. Yes. Right? Because if I fuck up changing the oil or cap falls off, good fucking deal. Spark comes off, thing doesn't start. Okay. No no problem. Brakes don't work. That's no bueno. Yeah. No bueno, dude. You're doing down. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not taking a header anywhere, and I'm not going to be like, just yep. fucking get launched over that shit. No, fuck that. Yep, no. A lot of other stuff yeah. I did. Yeah, I had a, I had a Kawasaki 440 mm. 82. It was a real, like, road. Somebody put, like, a fucking, you know, uh, another exhaust on it. It was just <laughs> loud as shit. And I was like, this thing's awesome. So it was, like, kind of like a mix, you know, like a Japanese Harley <laughs> with loud pipes and shit. And I was like, this thing's my favorite. But, uh, yeah, I sold it to my friend. I was like, ah, I'm not going to need it. Moving out, I'm moving out. I'm not going to take this bike with me. Yeah. But, yeah, that was cool. So what brought you out here? Um, and I, where, where from? Actually, I don't think I oh, no, I'm from, I'm from New Jersey. And I... You and the boss. Yeah, me and the boss and Bon Jovi fucking hanging out <laughs> as one. Never, ever. <laughs> that would be a hell of a night, though. Yeah, it would be a hell of a night. We would sing shit. Damn, we would sing Dancing in the Dark and Wanted Dead or Alive. There you go. All that's a nice day. little karaoke. Yeah. Over and over. over back and, and over, forth. Back, back and, and forth. forth. <laughs> no, dude, we could do karaoke all night with those two guys. It'd be awesome. That'd be a great karaoke night. I've always had this, like, fantasy that, um, you know, I'm a famous rock star. Um, so one huge fantasy. fucking fantasy. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you go to the karaoke place, you sing your own song, nobody quite recognizes you, and they're like, yeah, that wasn't bad. 
as you're singing your own song. As they're singing their, uh-oh, like if a celebrity sings that song? Yeah, yeah so like I'm Springsteen, sing- I'm singing Born to Run. Yeah. And at the karaoke place, people don't, I mean, everybody's going to recognize Bruce, but let's say they don't. Well, they're see, like, this, well, there's this dresses, other guy, man. So he just dresses up, right? Like, yeah. or wears a wig or something yeah. and comes in and just fucking belts like, it out. You know, hey, man, that, that wasn't bad, man. But there's this guy who sings it usually. Man, he's great. Sounds he's just way. like Bruce. Sounds like just like you. Man, you was close, man. But, yeah. you know, you know, no big deal. Yeah, that was... There's a celebrity, like a, there's a celebrity karaoke car thing. Carpool karaoke. Carpool, yeah, carpool. Laura watches that. She's like, she, you know, there was like Gwen Stefani. Was, uh, somebody on the car. Who, I don't know who the host of the show is. I forget his name. Uh, uh, but he's like. He's God, like he's one of the, I'm totally blocking with the late night host. He used to be a uh, uh, the, the theater guy. He was on, he was a Broadway uh, yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, can't remember his name. Ah, uh, oh, shit. I'm going to have to look that up. It'll kill me. That's all right. Uh, but yeah, so he does the. You know, he's got Gwen Stefani in the car, and he's like, he's like, all right, we need somebody else in the car. He's like, let me, let me call George Clooney. And you're like, what? <laughs> you fucking call George Clooney? He's like, yo, what are you doing, man? He's like, I ain't doing nothing. Yo, we'll come by to pick you up. Come by to pick him up so we can sing, you know, a Gwen Stefani song with George Clooney. He's like, all right, we need somebody else to sing it, too. And they bring up, like, fucking, you know, uh, who did they pick up? I forget who they picked up. Some some other girl. Uh, like, it was like, um, uh, what's her face? Jennifer Aniston or something, mm. something like that. Yeah. Somebody, somebody like that. And you're just like four pretty awesome celebrities. And then they're just like, all right. And then they're just belting out, you know, fucking uh, B-A-N-A-N-N-A-S, whatever that fucking <laughs> song is called or whatever. James Corden. James Corden. There because you. Joey yeah. is already and Melissa already strangling me for, you know, not knowing that. I've just oh, lost Jesus. a staggering amount of credit right there. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. We're already drinking. So <laughs> here's the problem. You're like, that's why trivia. Trivia is so hard for me because I'm like... Well, even even when I'm out drinking, because I'm at work with trivia, and I'm just like, fuck. Half the time, <laughs> half the time, I don't hear the questions, and I'm like, what was that? This and that. So you know, my trivia kind of goes down a little bit here and there, especially when I'm drinking. If I'm at a trivia and I'm drinking and I can participate, I still forget. So I'm like, well, this fuck, is should have known that. I forgot silver chair the other day. Yeah, that you should feel a little bad about that. I should feel bad because okay. I was like, I named everything else. I named the album. I named the song. <laughs> I named Doesn't every that fucking kill you. Yeah, I named everything. I was like every. I was like. I gotta look it up, and that's fucking shameful. I was like, ah, oh, silver chair, duh, bullet to the face, should have fucking. That's like epic right there. I know sure that's that moment know. when you're sitting there, you're like running through the alphabet, A B C D E F, Is it maybe G. No, 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 H. Yeah, I'm like, like, it sounds like Pearl Jam. <laughs> Wants to be Nirvana. I know what the fuck band this is. God damn it. I can't think of it. And the guy's like, the guy's like, it's you know, it's a '90s. I know the goddamn album's Frog Stomp. The goddamn song is tomorrow. I can't think of the fucking band name, and that it drove me nuts. And I was like, "Fucking trivia, dude!" It's just some parts. Just what happens when you smoke weed, drink beers, you just fucking space out. <laughs> there was I, God, it was years ago now, and the winning beers. Sorry, the you know the on tap beers that night was some kind of barley wine, mm. and I swear we won like four rounds. Oh shit! And. I got this weird thing. Like, if I pay for a beer and I don't feel like finishing it, I'm, like, all good with that. Because like, you paid I, for it, it's, like, whatever, right? Yeah. But you win free beer, you got to finish the free beer. Because it's, it's free given, beer. It's given to you. Yeah, you yeah. can't just fucking, ah, I'm not going to drink that. No, fuck that. And it's been a long time since there's been, like, you know, stuff that, like, got to get rid of it. This isn't very good. Yeah. Um. So that was just, like, a lot of barley wine. And there are a couple people on the team who were you know like not gonna finish and i was like oh, i'm finishing it i have no idea how i got home oh shit i did get home 
because so, yeah. because you, I do that on autopilot. Yeah, right. Exactly. And I don't have to drive. And you're here, so that you know. <laughs> and I have my little shitty superpower, which is I take out my contact lenses. Mm. It doesn't matter. That's how what I do how drunk I am, man. I don't always make it into my pajamas. I don't even always make it to the bed. Sometimes pass out on the couch. But somehow I've taken out my contact lenses. That's exactly what I do. I do the same exact <laughs> thing. I'm like somehow I know enough on autopilot to take my contacts out and put them in the little case and wash my hands. Yeah, and they're always beautiful. I'm like, damn, I was so wasted last night. But fuck, my eyes are good, man. Yeah, I know. somehow I woke up with one sock. Yeah, no, no underwear, and maybe a shirt. Yeah, why didn't I take my shirt off? I have no idea. Yeah, I know. Made it that far, fucking done. I know. I call those like clothes trailing evenings because you wake up the next day and you see this trail of clothes yeah, behind yeah. you. Yeah, that's always the best. <laughs> like I'm making an effort. I went. How did, I was. I started here. <laughs> I don't know what happened between here and there, but then I made it. You know, I made it to the bedroom. So yeah. that was good. Uh, how, so how long have you guys been doing the the trivia at the Rose? God, I want to say like that's gotta be a long... fucking like nine years or something crazy Jesus like that. Christ! When did you, so you guys started what? I want to say years? like two six, like two thousand. Let's call two thousand and eight. Just two thousand eight. Yeah, somewhere thereabouts. And, and there's been very little missed time. Where you guys barely miss any. Every Tuesday is like fucking. You guys are there, and was. Were they doing trivia before? Like, yeah, they were always doing trivia. Back? I think so. I think a couple years before, even. God, Ian, Ian, or Cosmo will know, but I think before Cosmo bought the bar, yeah, I think he was reading trivia. Cosmo was, yeah, and then I think Ian came on board when Cosmo bought the bar, maybe. Okay, um, and then for a long time, Tuesday nights was Cosmo and Darian. Yeah, Darian was like. Till both of them had enough. Yeah, yeah, they both were just like, no, not doing it. <laughs> um, but you, you and nah. you and the folks have had a solid run, and it's been about four years, I yeah. believe, something like that. And you know, other than that one night at the end of the night where those guys were throwing glasses around, yeah, which was fucking bizarre. That happens. I, I think, feel like it's. I think it's the only time I've ever. I mean, I'm sure it's happened more, but I've ever seen you like really yell at somebody like get the fuck out of my bar yeah yeah usually i don't have to that's yeah. like you know i'm i'm usually pretty calm until rose somebody... is not that kind of place no 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 until somebody fucks around it's like oh, it's the worst the other day i almost had to kick somebody else out just be... they were leaving anyway but they got in a fight with steven and it was like a back and forth and he was like you're being hella racist man I'm Italian, and you're making fun of Italians. I'm like, what? Nobody, make, <laughs> nobody makes fun of Italians, dude. What the fuck are you talking dude, about? Dude, it is not 1920. No, no. Nobody called you anything. Nobody, shut the fuck up. Yeah, so I was like, so I had to go out in the patio and be like, just point. <laughs> and he was like, all right, fine. And then, like, you know, he came in and then left again. And I was yeah. like, all right, yeah, fuck off. Stupid shit like that. It's like, oh, it's like, a, being a bartender is weird. So it's like. How long have you been doing that? Um, I haven't been doing it that long. Well, actually, well, maybe longer, longer than I think now. Maybe about six, seven, no, has seven years? Just check a time. Give or take? What's seven? Okay, so, so yeah. It's 2017 now. Six years. Cool. Yeah, I believe I started in, like, 2011. I started washing dishes, well, washing dishes at this bar for about a month. And they were like, you're going to be bartender, dude. You don't need to wait. Yeah. We already know you're better than that. Because I, I basically quit my my mechanic job. 
And Why? Was, you know, um, it was a lot of stress, a lot of work, and it was working like, you know, ten hour days. Um, it was, and I, I, I basically, so basically, in in a, in a lump sum, I got divorced, and then was, uh, then I kind of lost my house, kind of a thing, and mm. then I, like, I was like, I don't need, I don't want to do this job anymore. I need, I need to. I need to switch careers. I need to switch lives. I need to just yeah. trade up everything I got, switch it around, and do something else. Because I'm not happy with, you know, breaking my back and knees and, and everything else I got and, you know, yeah. for this lifestyle, basically. Um, I liked everything I did, you know. Uh, it was cool at the time. Up until that point, you know, that breaking point where I was like, well, now I need, now I no longer need to provide... And I don't, I'm on my own solo. Yep. And now I can do exactly my own thing. And I finally made that leap by just starting to bartend. And I worked, you know, like I said, I, tr- I just applied for a dishwashing position at the bar. Yep. And then they were like, you're way smarter than that, dude. I was like, no, well, no shit. <laughs> I, don't ha- I don't have the experience, but yeah. I have to apply for the littlest amount. And then it just kind of. Jumps up. up. Even yeah. when I worked at the Rose, when I came out to California, I worked at the Rose as the door guy for two months until Darian was like, so we have an opening position for bartending. You want to do it? I was like, yep, I'll do it. Switch that around. So I had three jobs when I came to California. I was working at a coffee shop, the Calafia, the restaurant, yeah. and then the Rose. And then finally it all came full circle and I just was able to do just the bar, yeah. which is what I wanted to do. And it worked out for the best. And that's kind of where I've been. That and now I work at El Arsenal too in San Carlos. Oh, nice! So I do that on Wednesdays, and that's super cool too. Awesome, same same kind of vibe. Beer yeah. bars, uh, good yeah, people, no. regulars. El Arsenal's know. great. Yeah, awesome beers on Somehow tap. Somehow I never registered you were up there on Wednesdays. Yeah, I just I just I yeah. just kind of started that. So you know, um, yeah, super fun. I enjoy hanging out, bullshitting, and talking, and serving beer. And you know, if I, you know, and I'm and I don't. I'm making more money than I did as a mechanic. Yeah. And that's kind of sad in, in, in its own little lifestyle. But I'm, I'm also happier and, and more yeah. leisurely, you know, able to do what I do. Yeah. I guess. Though, your, though your mechanic money back east probably got you further than... It, it did at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't have an apartment as opposed to a house. Yeah. That, that right. kind of shit. But... Nothing really there, you know. It's 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 one of those things where it's like, you know, everybody always says that when they come to California or they go they go to a place like, oh, dude, it's really really expensive to live there, and you're like, yeah, but you make more money, right? And then you're like, it's cheaper out here, but it's like, yeah, but you don't make shit there. Your minimum wage is that, and then when you apply for a job, they mm-hmm. treat you like shit, they yell at you all day, they act like you don't exist. Yeah, I don't want to do that. That doesn't sound fun. And yet you work with Al. Yeah, I work with Al. Al's great. <laughs> Actually, to work <laughs> no. sometimes. Um, nah, Al's awesome. But he's been around for fucking, what, goddamn, he's been there 20 years, right? Yeah, I think 20, so. 22 years, something like that? Yeah, I, he I, he predates Cosm. Yeah. I yeah, think. He, yeah, he yeah. does. Because someone's like, oh, he, Al comes with the bar. <laughs> so everybody, if we all leave, we'll all just walk. Al's like, I guess I'll be running the place now. Yeah. <laughs> you know that kind of vibe. Um, yeah, so what did, what did you start doing 
right off the bat after college or in between college, was that like, I'm going to stay or like, how did you stay? I get, or should I say, how did, how did you want to stay in the area? Did anything like when you're done with college, you were like, all right, I met like a lot of good friends kind of like. Yeah. So I made some really good friends in college. Um, but you know, undergrad ends and you know, didn't quite, that's not true. It was like, sort of like, well, I guess I'm going to grad school. Because it just sort of like seemed, I guess that's what I do. That was the, that was the, like, you're like, it seems to just be the next step. Exactly. But I never right made it. like an affirmative decision to do it. Like, that's what I want to do. You're like, I guess I'll just. And so I, you know, I thought, well, why have I ruled out all these other yeah. jobs like lawyer other than, you know, a bunch of nasty lawyer jokes, which mm-hmm. are funny, but I don't actually know a lot about being a lawyer. Right. So I was able to get a job as a paralegal and discover, yeah, I don't want to be a lawyer. All right. Yeah, it makes sense. And then I said, all right, so yeah, maybe I do want to go to grad school, explore, you know, something in more depth. Yeah. And wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do, um, but got into a really interdisciplinary kind of program uh, at a place called New School for Social Research in New York City. Okay. Um, down at 12th and 5th Avenue. Nice. And this was like this double thing like, well, I can go live in New York for a couple years in my early 20s. I can do it as a grad student so I can have housing that's not brutally expensive. And I can you know, try to figure out what the hell I want to do. Yeah. And if I really want to do this. So I got to live in Manhattan, which was awesome. It was a, like... Manhattan's great, dude. Age time, that was just a great time to and what be year? There. What year was that? Like 90s? 95, 95 to 7. Yeah. Dude, 95's top year, dude. It's awesome. Yeah, no, it was... Great year to fucking be in Manhattan. It was, it was outstanding. I yeah. loved that city. I yeah. loved the bars. I loved the art. I loved the theater. I loved public transportation because I'm coming from L.A., Oh, yeah, totally. And so you're I, in subways, you're in the PATH train, if you're ever in New Jersey, yeah. going to Hoboken, back and forth. Yeah. You're doing yeah, all yeah, that I know, stuff. out Long Island, yep. you know, all, you know, because I grew up in the canyons in Los Angeles, so... You so had to drive. Always had to drive. No yeah. public transport. Shit, school buses stopped coming after, like, third grade. I had to do it well. Same, but still close enough to the city where I drove there, and then I could take all the public trans yeah. that I wanted to, but never had public trans yeah. ever. Really? So this was like, you know, I came, I was a Cal undergrad, so I had, you know, BART, which is useful to a point if you're going to certain places, you yeah. know, but if you don't know, like, the San Francisco really well or whatever, then you're going to be sort of limited because you're going to go where BART goes and you're not going to go much further than that. So, yeah. so did some of that in, in undergrad, but like New York was a revelation. It was like, my God, this is a city. And you got to see, I mean, Broadway too, like, is fucking awesome, and so many shows and even off Broadway shows are yeah. fucking great. And you can show up at the half price ticket booth, yep. and you know, especially if like you're on your own that night, you're just like, give me a single, and those yep. things are always around. And yeah, best show I ever saw was still something I saw on Broadway, even all these years later. Was uh, Shakespeare was the Tempest, the Tempest, but it was Patrick Stewart. Oh really? And he was just unfucking believable. Of course, it's Patrick Stewart, dude. Yeah. He's amazing. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I don't. I can't remember if I, I saw something amazing like that. With I didn't see any great celebrity in a in a mm. Broadway play or a, an off Broadway play. I had one of my acting teachers because I took two year two and a half years of theater. So one of my acting sub teachers was a dude that was in. Um, friends for like an episode or two 
And but, Law and Order? Was he in Law and Order? Is in everybody pro- in New York pro- in Law pro- and Order? Yeah, probably in that too. But he was a really good actor. Yeah. I even forget his name now, but he was really awesome. Um, but that was probably some of the closest celebrity stuff that I got to. And I, I, was, I acted with uh, Lloyd Kaufman, if you know who that yeah. is. Yeah. What that is. So I acted with him in a, in a, uh, a B-rated horror movie called uh, Bloodbath in the House of Knives. You, you know I'm going to go find that now. Dude, that's, I have it right here. That's fucking I got awesome. it on my DVD shelf. <laughs> So why didn't you why didn't you pursue that? Um, I was doing it for a while, like probably about four years. Uh, I did the theater, I did the schooling, and then probably another year and a half after that or so. And um, I, I don't know. I think I was just not. It wasn't the right time. I was mm-hmm. getting like different work and, and like you yeah. know. Um, it it became a, a struggle to to just work and then go and act yeah. and do all these things and then it kind of it kind of like lost its uh its appeal i think really yeah. i mean it's hard to be an actor i wasn't really into the competition stuff i really love so here's what here's what i'm about sometimes or most of the time i should say i really enjoy how to's like in perfecting or really doing well mm-hmm. with something like you know um whatever it be like acting uh brewing beer uh learning to play the guitar uh you know fucking with equipment or you know yeah i love how to do it and i love to be to learn to be and, and to like get good at it yeah and then i kind of like drift off and I'm yeah. like, let's find something else and like the joe of all trades even though it's the jack of all <laughs> trades it's like that i'd like to I like, like joe of all trades yeah yeah i like to do stuff and then kind of learn it and then you know not, not find- to say that i don't love it because acting i love so much that was you know a part of my soul and i learned a lot of shit just doing it and you know my acting teacher said i was really good at it but i just i don't know i just it was so, I, I don't like competition I'm not into like sitting in, you know, the fucking waiting room. We're like, you ready to audition? I'm like, I don't really give a shit. Yeah. You know, I don't. I don't care to audition for this role, and I won't be excited if I get it or I don't get it. It's like, that sounds great and all, but like, I'm in it for. And then if I do get the part, which is you know probably half the fun, getting the part and then being able to like really, you know, dig deep into that character, right, or whatever. Like, so I'm into that stuff, but it's just like. I don't really care to fight for, you know, it's like, oh, if you weren't here, you wouldn't have a job. Like, fuck you. Like, I don't, I don't like that mentality. It just doesn't make, it doesn't make it fun. You know, yeah. everybody's out to get one another, like, you know, jealousy and all that kind of other shit. Well, I don't know. And, I'm, and you wouldn't even want to do like sort of the, you know, lower stakes, you know, uh, you know, volunteer, like the Palo Alto players, Hill Barn, like the folks, community theater, where yeah. People are doing it for the for the love of it. Yeah, totally. Rather rather than, you know, it's this paycheck they're hoping to get discovered. I mean, right. I assume some people are. There's some really talented folks, for sure. Definitely. Right? But people are really doing, like, everybody's got a day job. Yes, exactly. You have a day job. This is your hobby. But, yeah. you know, you, it's your passion, too. You and love you do a show. It lasts, you know, three weeks yeah. or whatever it is. And then you, you know... Move on to another character yeah. and or whatever, you know, other yeah. play that you're learning and... I love doing fucking lines and memorizing shit. Like, that was super fun. Like, 
I mean, I did stuff that I was never able to do as a younger, even in high school stuff. I was like mm-hmm. super uh, shy and I would not, I did stuff that I would never thought I would do like Shakespeare and shit like that. And I was like, I like nailed a whole like fucking page and a half monologue of Shakespeare. That's awesome. Saying shit that even now I'm like, how did I even know what the fuck I was talking about? I just did. I was in the zone. I knew it. I was, I memorized it. I studied the lines. I knew what they were. I knew what mm-hmm. that meant. Yeah. You no, know, if I questioned words, I had to look it up. You know, I was like, I didn't know what the fucking, a, a cape, uh, capon. Oh, yeah. Didn't. At that time, I didn't, I was like, I don't know what the fuck a capon is. What the fuck's a capon? Fucking chicken leg. I was like, what? All right. Okay. So I basically was like, uh, was it, uh, the, the, the play that I did was uh, two gen- two Dude. gentlemen of Verona. Yeah, and I did the where he steals uh, the dog steals the capon leg from the from the the the, uh, the princess or, or whoever was the girl yeah. that he was trying to yeah. get get with, and then I'm the butler guy and I have to yell at the dog, so I had to you know I did that kind of monologue and it was super um, empowering. It was really like. Uh, I told Joey on the last one of the podcasts that we did, and I was like, it was very self-satisfying of like, I was proud of myself for one time in my life that I was like, I can't believe, because my, my teacher was just like, that was, you know, I have like one or two notes to give you, but that was fucking awesome. And I was like, I just, I just like, I went, yeah. I let everything go and I just went for it. And, and it's, it's kind of those scene stuff that I miss because I was good at like doing that. And then after schooling was done and I didn't have any more classes to really take, I guess I could have kept taking here or there classes, but yeah. you know, not the process. I was just like, eh, all right. So where do you, where do you find that now? Like that, you know, not necessarily the theater as such, but like that, that love of sort of finding that, like you hit that moment once in a while yeah. where you're in a zone and you nail a part you nail a solo, you hit a curve just right without having to lit up on the gas. I don't know. Right now, I, I haven't found anything to be as rewarding as that or playing music mm. or being in a band and, you know, people come up to you after the show and they're just like, dude, awesome ass set or something like that, you know, and or, or great performance because that was, you fucking killed it. Yeah. You know, it's like, those are like the drugs that I really like because it's you're on such a high, and you know Joey experiences those when he does those plays, yeah. and it's just kind of on that very similar thing of like you get that high and you will never ever get that anywhere else. You just you, you've you've actually performed you've outperformed yourself to where maybe forty to a hundred people fucking love what you just did. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna grab another beer, but yeah, uh, we'll, no, we'll keep talking. Yeah, so, so I used to, um, you know, I was never a professional musician, but I used to be a musician. I played piano and saxophone for years and years. Played tenor sax, uh, classical piano, and you know, those skills are you know degraded and gone at this point. Though I have fantasies that one day I'll pick it up again. Um, but there are those moments, like when I was, you know, you'd be playing a solo on the sax. Do you have that, just, do you have the instruments at home still? They're, they're down in LA right now, so I have. Okay, I so have you still have stuff. them, but not up. Yeah. up okay, yeah, uh, because 
you can't, I mean, people do, but I won't. You can't practice saxophone in an apartment. That's, no, it's that's just way, not, way it's not loud. nice. It's not nice. Keyboard you could do, you have because headphones. Can, yeah, exactly. That, that kind of thing. Uh, so, what, well, do we, what do we got here? Real fast, we have the, this is the first time, so I'm going to the Punk and Drublick show uh, from NoFX. And Stone. So, Stone Brewery. You can tell by the pink. This is the Punk and Drublick, which is an album from NoFX. Uh, they're doing a tour that me and Rob and some other boys are going to go see up in Concord. Mm-hmm. And they're doing a special release of a Hoppy Lager. I see. God, tour dates are on the, yeah. on the thing. Are on the thing, yeah. So we're going to the Concord show. They added another one. Give it a little splash there, yeah, yeah. You can, you can, you can kind of see the tour dates up there, and then you got the, the Punk and Dreblig logo, which the the two cheerleaders are from the album, that they made, uh, which is released in '94, which is one of the best punk rock albums of all time. Yeah, I'm not gonna argue with that. Yeah, um, so I only got this at Mountain View Whole Foods that nobody else had it. <laughs> I had to look. I had to call like. Five different Whole Foods until somebody was like, yeah, I got it. I was like, oh, damn it. All right, cool. So, quick answer. Top three concerts you've seen ever. Live concerts. Ooh, live not necessarily, concerts. not a favorite. It doesn't have to be favorite band. Just like, best three concerts. Thank you. Okay. Fuck yeah. Um, okay. So Rock concerts. We'll narrow it down so that it doesn't have to be like. Well, I, don't, I don't see a lot of hip hop stuff. So okay. I don't know. I'm not a big hip hop guy. Okay. I like some hip hop. I'm just not a big hip hop guy. I get it, but I just don't get it half the time. I don't relate to it. it doesn't relate to me. Oh, that's um, really nice. Is it? Yeah. Right, let me try. Let me give it a little sip before before I uh, continue the. Uh... Oh, that's good. That's smooth. Yeah, really smooth. That's, that's nice. the second I know. That's a pair of very smooth beers tonight. Yeah, like a smooth pale ale. Like, I mean, it's a lager, but it it's got the hoppiness yeah. to it of a pale. Um, yeah, I like it. It's good. Actually, I like this a lot because, I mean, so my tastes tend either a little toward the sweeter or the more flavorful, like the big bite ones, like you're Pliny the Youngers. Yeah. Like, I appreciate that as a piece of craftsmanship, but it's, you know, it's like, it just ruins, it just like attacks the palate. It's got that big, you know, sort of bitter, really heavy, hoppy bite that I end up sort of losing the flavor. Yeah. But I love the hops. So when I can get something that's hoppy without the bite, a little like this, I really like that. Yeah. It's definitely, it's got that, it's, yeah. I enjoy the same thing, yeah. No, I love it. Yeah, it's not too bitter. It's like, where will the hops need to be? Yeah. Yeah, nice balance. I like balance. Balance is key for me with beers. If something is and out of with whack. with force. Yeah, exactly. Uh, something out of when something's out of whack with the beer, and you're like, we tried this hop with this hop, and I'm yep. like, dude, you didn't hit it. Sorry. Yep. There's some something, something happened with this, and I'm just like, mm, yeah, it's got a funky, weird kind of flavor. And I'm just like, nah, I don't dig it. Um. All right. So anyway, back to top three shows or favorite yeah. shows. Yeah. Right. Fa- favorite's great. Well, let's go with three. I'll do top three. Okay. Third favorite was. I think I saw, I forget what year it was. I believe it was in 2004 or 5. No, I think it was in 4. 
Somewhere around there. Mm. I saw this band called Less Than Jake. Mm-hmm. And it was my ex-wife's favorite band. And we had seen them a bunch of times before that. But this show in particular was really good because it was in New York City. We got there early. I believe it was at the Irving Plaza. Mm. We got there super early. We were like one of 15 people in line. We were like... We just had nothing to do. We're like, let's go to the show early. Well, yeah. You know, we have we drove like 40 minutes to get there. It's like we always lived 45 minutes away from New York City, 45 minutes away from Philadelphia. So any show that we went to was at least an hour away, give or take, time of parking and, you know, that kind of shit. And so we got there early, you know, probably at least a good, like, when, and when I say early, I mean it was like two hours early. Like we were in line, we're like one of 15 people and yeah. we're like, ah, fuck it, let's chill out. Hang out, no big deal. Like we have nothing to do. You know, there's a bathroom across the street. You know, just stuff. You know, we need to do anything else. Yeah. Know? Um, and then this dude came out, and he was like giving out these like flyer things, and we're like, "What the fuck is this?" All right, cool. He's like, "Here, just you, 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 you." And we're like, "All right, cool." And then uh, it was a flyer that allowed us to easy access and early access to the show that's awesome to do warm-up karaoke with the band <laughs> that's unreal right that's fucking amazing so my ex-wife and her sister got to go on stage and sing probably one of their favorite songs of all time i forget what the goddamn song's called but it's off of uh borders and boundaries mm. i know see i know stupid shit but i just don't know the songs sometimes <laughs> you know but they got to sing one of their favorite songs off one of the best albums and it was probably one of the best shows i've seen from this band and and lesson jake is awesome they're gonna be at the punk and trouble fest during this show this year and i've seen them the most because it was my ex's like favorite band yeah. and you know so whenever they were around you went yeah, every time. I think they're from Gainesville, Florida. So we, you know, they're up and down the East Coast, yeah. you know, that kind of shit. Um, second favorite was when I saw Less Than Jake again for the first time. And it was in 97. Mm. And it was Frenzel Rom, Blink 182, and Less Than Jake. And Less Than Jake was the headliner, and Blink 182 was the. An opener, and friends. That's, that's some time ago, right? And friends Rom was the opener for them, and they were just like it was a whole big punk rock like. And friends Rom, seeing them, I saw them twice, and seeing them for the first time was the fucking best show of a punk rock band. They're from Australia, and they just fucking killed it. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, you know, too much to explain, but. And then. My favorite show of all time was when I, me and my friend was for my 30th birthday. We went to Montreal and we saw um, Joey Cape from Lagwagon and Tony Sly from News for a Name. Mm. And they do these, they have been doing these acoustic tours and they did this whole thing and they've been playing a lot of their, their punk rock songs acoustically for over a time now. And we finally got. You know, tickets to go to Montreal for my 30th, and we're fucking wasted. We're hanging out, and it was probably the most, you know, I'm there with my best friend. It's, like, the best show of all time. Like, yeah. we're in Canada. We're fucking having a good time. It's, like, the best two guys are performing tonight, and we just, uh, we were on cloud nine. So, I mean, 
those are my top three. Yeah. You know, for in my mind at the moment that I can say that I truly appreciate those shows, and I've been to so many fucking shows. Yeah. Uh, what about you? What do, what do you got? All top right, so three. Top three. All right. In no particular order. No particular order. Yeah. For me. Um. All right. So one is I was in the third or second row in sometime in the 90 early 90s all right for dire straits oh dude that's epic yeah and Knopfler, he's not like the most he's not the fastest and he's not the most like technically amazing uh-huh. but he is one of the most tasteful guitarists yes just like in placing some notes yes um and just he's got a great voice too and he's got a great voice and just sort of watching his fingers that mm-hmm. was that was awesome uh, what, year, what year is it? 92? I want to say somewhere there. Somewhere around there? Yeah. Okay. In 94, I saw Pearl Jam at the Greek nice. in Berkeley. That's cool. And that was unreal. And it was doubly unreal because I had a friend who lived in the dorms that were just above the Greek. So you could go and sit on the hill. So not only did I see Pearl Jam at the Greek, I saw them for free. Dude, nice. And it was, but it was an amazing but, show. Yeah, the Greek is uh, fucking epic for the the the, yeah. the 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 actual venue itself is just amazing. And yeah. you can see a great band there. Teaching, oh, yeah, still good. Yeah, sweet. Okay. So I was saying one of the things about teaching students ask questions, and you got to find the refine the train of thought that you were on. Um, but the thing okay. about you know Green Day, I was reminded what a rock god. Yeah, what rock gods can do. And what year was that Green Day show? I want to. I want to say that was like maybe two thousand and eight. Oh, okay. Was it, so you was were, not that long you ago. Hit the um, the uh, what the, what was that? It was it was uh, it was after American American Idiot. Idiot. Was it American Idiot? No. Um, what was the one after American Idiot? Oh, I forget. Um, I think it was that one. It was uh, well somewhere in there, but it was an amazing show. I mean, they were just fucking on, and you know. You know, and you have, you know, and Billy Joe's up there saying, you know, do this, yell that, sing yeah. here, and everybody's just doing it. Mm. And you, he's so fucking charismatic. And you're just like, damn, dude. Yeah, definitely. And in that little moment, he could ask you to do anything. You know, I mean, not quite anything, but anything. But pretty much and like, he, and, as an as, as, as audience member, yeah. and you're going to do it. Yeah. yeah. And he brought up, you know, so they bring up people on stage to perform. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, do song, you know, to sing or play guitar. Yeah. And he brings up folks who are not like, I've seen a lot of shows where people bring up uh, folks and almost invariably they bring up, you know, pretty ladies. Yes. And he did not. He brought up, you know, some guy to play guitar and a woman who was an outstanding singer, but was not like a classic beauty. Yeah. He's just like, you know, he's, and he's there's like, you know, the song, you promise, you know, the song. And they're like, yeah. yeah. And and so that was an incredible show, and two runner-up shows. Um, God, back I want to say like, shoot, like ninety four, ninety three. I saw Jerry Garcia at Shoreline. Okay, yeah, that's epic, and and that was awesome. Jerry was amazing, and although maybe a little blaspheme, I like Jerry shows better than I liked Dead shows because the vibe was just more relaxed. Okay, interesting. And um, the most recent, not it's not the most recent. God, this must be eight or nine or something. I saw the Fratellis in San Francisco. Okay. Fratellis, uh, English, Scottish rock band. Okay. They're great. Love okay. them. They nice. were amazing. 
But I learned for the first time, I learned, you know, in ages, I learned a new band from a show because Airborne Toxic Event opened for them. Okay. And I had never heard of them. Yeah. And it was it was the first time in years I was like, I'm buying your album at the show. Yeah. Because they were that fucking awesome. Damn. I, I love those guys. Yeah, that's super cool. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good when you, like, memorize or not memorize, I should say, are super impressed by the opening band that yeah. you're like, I love the opening fucking band. Yeah. I can't, I can't believe that I just, you know, saw... These fucking guys, and but you know, I'm waiting for the best band. Yeah, still, right? Yeah, that's a great. That's always a great show. Uh, I've seen. So when I saw Green Day, uh, I got to see they. It was in '94 too. I think '94, '95. Yeah, somewhere around there. Prime time was uh, Dookie time. Yep, Doogie came out and that exploded. So they were our tour and they played with, I believe it was Screeching Weasel. Damn, which was super that's punk. A show, super yeah. punk rock of them. And it was an arena show because it was so big, and uh, we were on the not the floor. We were on the the seating one, but like pretty fucking close nice. that like I could see. But he was telling everybody to just come down, and people were just jumping off the balcony, going down. They're like, "Fuck it, let's go down." <laughs> hurt, uh, hurt, yeah. Because he was like, I don't, "I don't know why the fuck you guys are all in the seats," and we're like, "I don't know either," because you know you're a punk band, so all right, whatever, dude. But That's awesome. Good ass show. Billy Joe knows how to fucking put on a show. It was good. You have a favorite stadium show? Uh, stadium show? Well, I'll tell you my first show. I'll tell you that it wasn't my. Fi- ah, it's it, it's in my mind forever because it was my very first show of all time. It was in '93, mm. and my uncle took me to see um, Ugly Kid Joe with Death Leopard. What a fascinating pairing, right? Yeah, and it was freaking awesome. And the drum solo for Death Leopard went on for like, even though it was gone with that one arm. Yeah. He went on for 10 minutes. Guy blows me away. Dude, it's amazing. It was really good. And it was a big stadium kind of show. And it was like a fairground. And uh, I was just like, and and I, at the time, I really liked Ugly Kid Joe, actually, too. I was like, I was really into like, so I, you know, I grew up on classic rock and hair metal. Yeah. And then metal. Uh, you know, Megadeth, Metallica, yeah. Anthrax, all this typical... Hasn't been, the, hasn't been the same since Ricky Rackman cut his hair. Dude, totally. Never. Never be the same after that. Fucking head, That was dramatic. Head, headbangers, I know, Headbangers, headbangers Ball, Ball was, was the way I got music half the time. Yeah. No, and then that. until Matt Pinfield came along with 120 Minutes, and I saw some of the great songs and or great videos that I was like... You know, I was listening to The Descendants back then, too, and, and then... And when 120 Minutes came out, they were like, oh, here's a song from The Descendants. And I was like, they're fucking playing a Descendants video. No fucking way. Because nobody plays that shit. There was never, like, that was the first time I've ever seen anything on MTV from a punk band like that. Like, Green Day was on there, of course. And they paved, I think, Nirvana started the punk scene. Yeah. And then... Although the Jeremy video was huge. Pearl Jam was super huge into that. Although I think Nirvana was a little bit more punker than Pearl Jam. Oh, no, I, I totally so agree. Pearl Jam was kind of like, you know, yeah, a great rock band, which is what they were. Yeah. And they just kind of, but they ended up being in the Seattle sound, right? Yeah, right. All, all tied together, which is kind right. of like, you know, In your sound gardens and, yeah. Yeah, and Alice in Chains. And now yeah. there's only one left, dude. My God, if you had. There's only one if left. If you had told me that, you know, well, one, if you told me any of them would still be alive, I'd be shocked. But that Eddie Vedder would be the last man standing. Right. Of the front men. Of the front men. 
That's just wild. It's wild, dude. It's fucking crazy. But I would, I could believe it though because he's the probably the most sober. Yep. The most all p- like w- put together with it. Yeah, I and, guess. and he, uh, he did seem like the least. You he know, looked disturbed like the least suicidal. Disturbed. Yeah, he was like climbing around all kinds of shit. He looked like he was just wacky. He, didn't, he was like, I think it was the, the Lollapalooza shows where he's yeah, just right. fucking like hanging on like really high above the fucking stadium, just being like shaking that shit, fucking falling down and not caring. Like he was just up there, where like you know, Kurt was yeah whatever just jumping in. Yeah, the that shit was and, that was so holy, uh, sad and tragic, and I was sad about it. I was, too, but yeah. wholly unsurprising. To yeah, me. totally un. Yeah. I was like, like mm-hmm. if I was going to pick one of all those dudes who was, you know, unstable, not, who was really that unhappy, it was definitely him. Although I'm also surprised, not at this point, but I'm surprised that Anthony and Flea are still alive. Yeah. That they made it out of those first years. They did make it out, which was kind of cool. Um, my live video has stopped, and I don't know why. But Are we dead? No, no. We got that some, would be sad. We still got audio, so it's okay. Oh, sweet. We're a disembodied voice. Yeah, we don't give a shit. Um, Do you remember what your first show that you went to on your own? I mean, with friends, but like no parents, no, no uncles, no aunts. Yes. Uh, let's see. Hmm. We hold on. After this, we'll break for round two so we can get these technical difficulties out of the way. The first show I went to without parents, well, I did go with a parent, but we were, it was the Warp Tour of 96, but we were allowed to be separated. Yeah. And it was just my friends. from separated. Yeah. And my friend's dad took us. Mm. So it was just me, my friend Jay, and I think my other friend Jay, and... We were going there to see No Effects, which is the first time I saw No Effects was in '96, mm. and we saw like three or four bands that evening. And the cra- so uh, Jason Thurk from Pennywise, the bass player, had just died of an yeah. over, over, over a free overdose on free bass or free basing or whatever. Uh, but um, so it was Civ, which is the you know the old band Gorilla Biscuits and I believe the 80s mm. hardcore band. Yeah. But they came in the 90s and started a new band called Civ. And it was Civ, which was like one of the fucking most epic pits to be in. Like they were hard as fuck, dude. It was one of the hardcore bands. And then it was. It's like you came out of that one bruised as fuck. Yeah. Get punched in the face as a 16 year old kid. Get smacked. You're like, holy. F-. We were like, the old, there was two pits. And it was me, my friend. Me and my two friends were the line separating the two pits, and we're like, fuck, dude, we need to be not here (laughs) right now, dude. We are fucked in the middle, and people are throwing kicks and punch. They're fucking just getting gnarly up in there. Uh, And... And uh, and then Pennywise played, and they, like, said the whole thing about their bass player, but then they fucking still killed a Mm. fucking killer show. And that was only two days after he died, too. Damn. Like, they came to New Jersey... Did their thing and fucking, like, holy shit. It was crazy at that time. And I believe just about that time, too, Bradley from Sublime had died yeah. as well. Yeah, that's about right. So same kind of same kind of feel. So part of that whole tour, 
And that was the very first show that we went to without parents, but with a parent, but without yeah, a parent, yeah. you know, kind of thing. He was like, my, you know, his dad was like, I'll be back here. You guys do your thing. We're like, fuck, yeah. Other than that, the next show was the one I was with, Friends of Rom. Yeah. And I got the drove all my friends there, and it was probably the best time we ever had. Yeah. You do whatever you want. Drink, drink some beers, fucking hang out, and just fucking do your thing. Yeah. My first show was with just friends was YouTube. Oh. Joshua Tree, because I was older than you. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and I actually saw that show twice. Once the big Coliseum version and once the smaller arena version. Mm-hmm. But, uh, man, I vividly remember just, like, the giddiness of being out there without without parents. I'm whatever, like, You're like, I'm a free-for-all. Yeah. Yeah. Like a free-for-all. Where was the show at? You remember? Uh, yeah, Sports Arena Sports in Los arena. Angeles. Okay. Nice. Uh, which is where the Clippers used to play. All right. Uh, many years ago. I don't know if the sports arena still exists. It may have been finally torn down. But it's not like it was a great venue. There's like, we, we don't feel, if it's not there, it's not something to feel sad about, like some of yeah. those places. But yeah. yeah. Damn. All right. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's take a break. We'll take Sounds a break good. and uh, we'll come back for round two with some two more beers and uh, a couple more stories. And uh, for sure, we'll hang it out. Brilliant. All see right. You all soon. We'll see you back. So. Hey, you. We'll be back. <laughs> we'll be here. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a little musical break here. Uh, feeling like some punk rock. I've been on a Flatliners kick. I've uh, been listening to, revisiting most of the, the albums, uh, which they've come a long way for since like 2004 or something like that. Uh, some of the old stuff is like super like ska punk, like fast ska punk. Um, and then punk and the, the newer stuff since like 2011 to, you know, up till now, I think they've been, the sound has gotten a little bit more rocky, but honestly, I really like it. His voice has changed a little and, uh, it's matured and, uh, yeah, the, the new album is is great. Just came out, uh, I believe just recently, um, 2007 for sure, but I don't know what month. Uh, it's called Inviting Light. So, you know, if you're in a f- punk rock fan and, you know, you want to check out something, a new album, uh, check out the Flatliners Inviting Light. But, uh, I'm going to play a track since I can't play their tracks. I'm going to play, um, uh, on an old James song. And, uh, this song is called Isn't This Romantic? And we had a, a chick's t shirt, which was a, a baby doll tee thing. That was kind of cool, and uh, yeah, we had a, a blast with recording this song, and I think it came out really well, so uh, enjoy.
reminds me of that cherry cola thing. I think I had buried that deep in my brain. Thank you very much. <laughs> Welcome back to round two. My friend Gabriel. My friend Joe. We are it having is... a few in here. We're drinking. It's still a pleasure to be here. Dude, I, I really appreciate you being here. And it's so far been a great time. Um, Like I said, the more I get to know you, the, the better I love you, man. It's a good time. Now we'll back out of my cherry cola phase. Chicka cherry cola, chicka 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 cherry cola. Whatever the fuck that was back in the day. Aren't they? Isn't isn't Pepsi or somebody bringing back like Pepsi Clear or Zima or isn't one of them like Zima's back, dude? Yeah, that's so sad. That makes me so sad. It's very fucking sad. Somebody, and I, I'm not gonna throw. I'm gonna throw under the bus because I don't care. Lindsay at the bar that works yeah. today. Yeah. She was like, oh, I had some Zimas. Like, Zima? What? God. I was like, are they back? She's like, oh, yeah, they just came back like last week. And I was like, fuck, really? You had this? You got it? I don't know. I fucking drank a couple of those. What the fuck? <laughs> I was like, oh, damn it. Terrible. That's, it's it was awful. the worst. I'm, I'm waiting for the Bartles and James mm. premium oh, wine cooler. Dude, if I, ugh, the wine coolers could not. Go away fast enough. I always wondered they're gonna be what, around. What was not premium wine cooler? Uh, Actually, and then I didn't wonder, but the you know. Oh, gross! Yes, <laughs> spot the fuck. You on. know what I mean? Uh, I don't know. The worst thing I think I've drank besides wine cooler and Zima or Smirnoff. Smirnoff's bad. Uh, Smirnoff is bad. Um, is the hard jack uh like colas like oh my god you know those things about? are disgusting yeah it's like the combination of the jack and cola and they had like a bunch of different flavors and oh my god they couldn't be any fucking worse they're terrible i mean there's some awful stuff out there that's um they make people make alcoholic root beer Yes. Which sounds like that should be great because root beers, I love root beer. Yeah. And let's have some alcoholic root beer, even better. But basically what it tastes like is somebody dumped too much vodka in the root beer. Yes. And did you have that one? My, not my father's root. Yeah. Yeah. Melissa would know what it is. She, yeah. She, because Melissa loves root beer. So yeah, she's, yeah, exactly. so she's always like, every time a new one comes out, she's like, we're going to try this one. And invariably it's still bad. And then uh, Brian will like, well, I'll, you know, I'll finish it. And once in a while, even Brian's like, yeah, I can't finish that for you. No. Flies eat poop. Get over it. Okay? <laughs> That's for you. <laughs> That's for you. All right. On that note, we're going to grab some more beers. Excellent. Um, what do we turn into? I'm... Okay. Let's do the... All right. We'll go. We'll do another IPA. Excellent. Unless you want to go, you want to go IPA or brown ale? No, let's go IPA. IPA, okay. Because I feel that that will, you know, that'll pick up on the the pick. punk and drublick. Yeah. Uh, so this one is from Ale Industries. I don't know if I know them. I don't either. This is uh, just another brewery from East Oakland. East Bay IPA, NorCal Hoppy Playful, and it's Bioenergy Brewed West Coast IPA. 
7.75. What does bioenergy brewed mean? I don't know. I want Isn't s- all brewing bioenergy? Basically. There's thing is, welcome to the sunny side of the bay. Oh my god, they've got a BART map. Yep. Yep, there's the BART right there. Uh, Do the BART map. We brew this Sorry. West Coast IPA with a rich malt bill and hella hops. Pairs well with good times, close friends, and new adventures. Here, here. I like it. I like it. Yeah, they got the uh, the whole BART map of the East Bay kind of thing. From North Berkeley to West Oakland down to San Leandro. So, yeah, take a look. You can see this on this one. If you're, you know, looking yes. to your beer bottle for the BART map, you're probably already in trouble. What you can't do on the BART for the most part. <laughs> you can't even drink on the BART. There's no bathrooms. There the are worst no... part about taking the BART is there's I no know. pissers. Like, we gotta, go, oh, we gotta go to Oakland? Oh, we should probably piss now. Yeah, exactly. Because no. there's no gonna be no, there's gonna be no time to I mean, stop. even on the old Caltrans, can I also just say yeah. that I have to be with certain friends to get on the new Caltrans? Oh, the for new whatever one? the fuck reason... I always get the old Caltrains. Like, yes. Caltrain hates me. Yes. No, Caltrain hates me, too, because I always get the fucking old one. I'm like, can I just get a new one with the four booth? I know. It's on the top and bottom. Like, yeah. those and are bathrooms the in every car? Yeah. As opposed to, like, having to schlep all the fuck out on yes. the... Now, on the other hand, when I'm coming back from San Francisco and I'm on the midnight train, I do understand why they're not using the new trains for those, because it's the drunk train. Yes. And I understand, because I'm usually drunk on the drunk train. So. Yes. So, so I get that part. But all the other times of the day, why can't I have the new train? Yeah, I want the new train. Yeah. I never get it going to San Francisco. I always get it coming home. It's for the most part. And yeah. they're like, it's not when I want the train. I want it going up to San Francisco. So I have to have friends with card games and yeah. all kinds of shit. You know, like, as we're going to San Francisco, I want to just drink beers and hang out with my friends. Exactly. And that is, of course, the other side why the Caltrain is awesome. Is, yeah. Um, is you can drink beers on the train which is super cool and that was like one of the biggest things i was like when i came here and i was they were like oh we're going to san francisco we'll grab some beers i was like what <laughs> i could do what They're like yeah we're gonna drink on the train hang up that's is that do we have to hide it no it's allowed well that's fucking cool i oh, really damn. right open open care open carry of beers no yes drink on the train yes yes drink on bart no no Drink on the bus? No. No. Here you go. To Caltrain. To Caltrain. Here we go. Yeah. yeah. To Caltrain for letting us drink and having good times all the way up and down to San Jose to San Francisco. Now, if they would only run it more often and a little later. True. Yeah. That's the one he's having. All right. That's a very different flavor, right? It's a little maltier. Yeah. It's definitely maltier. The hops are much more buried. The, yeah, the hops are buried in the malt. It's like sweeter. Yeah. And then there's a bitter aftertaste, which is not kind of what I'm looking for. No, I feel, I mean. It's not I think, bad, no, no, but no, it's no. not great. Right, but they're they're making an argument that they're, you know, that this is deeply hoppy. Yes. And I don't think it's deeply hoppy except on the very back end. Yeah. Which is not as fun. Agreed. Yeah. The, I mean, that, I'm not, it's not like I'm not going to drink it. Let's no, no, be really no, clear. Pff, well, yeah, no, no, exactly. But. To not give a good rating, you know, is a good thing sometimes. Don't give everything a, a be- the best rating. Yeah. What was that? My friend said that, too. He's like, you guys never fucking put down a beer. 
You need to just say that one sucks once in a while. I was like, but I like all beer. <laughs> Even if I hated it, I'm still drinking it. And I'm like, I probably wouldn't order it again. But I'm like, eh, it was all right. Exactly. It has to be pretty grim. Yeah. And this one, it's so-so. It's, and again, it's not, you're right. It's right. So-so. It's so-so. Um, like you said, I think I'm not a fan of the back end. The back end is yeah. not what I was looking for. Um, the last one with the back end was perfect. And yep. probably exactly what I'm looking for, but it's that's not actually bad. that's actually an interesting thing as you talk about it. What you know, sort of what I like in a beer is I don't generally like a big back end. Yes, right. I like it to fade. Yeah. Um, you don't like now, that dry tongue that like hop, yeah that hoppy tongue where yeah. it's like you feel like you need a glass of water after. Yeah, I mean, two some sips. people some people love that like. They just love that big hop and that never leaves. Yeah. Right? And and it's just yeah, not, not how my taste. My brother, lo- I mean, I'd have to actually ask him about, you know, sort of the, the, the back end of it. But he loves the big hoppy, just like grab at you kind of thing. Yeah, I'm not really big. I'm, I like the hoppiness. But like you said, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm more up front with it. I like it in the front end. Yeah. On the back end, when it comes, it's like. It leaves you know your your taste buds super dry, and you yeah. feel like you need a glass of water at the end. It's like right. those last two that we drank. I don't think was like that. Yeah, I agree. This one I drink, I feel like that. This one is like, you know, I get that dry tongue. Like yeah, ah, I'm like a dog. Like yeah, I feel like yeah. keep licking yeah. my shit. You know, or it's like you know we fed the dog peanut butter. Yeah, basically, kind yeah. of you're like the whole time, and I'm like, I don't want to be doing that at the bar. <laughs> so. You know, it's not bad. Not my favorite. What you know? I saw it there. I was like East Bay. I'll take it. Well, yeah, give it a no, try. You got to try new stuff. Mm-hmm. So I was, you know, whatever it was. Now, where the hell are we? Middle of September. So right. about a month ago, I was in Wisconsin for Great Taste in the Midwest. Right. Yeah. Um, which is the big Midwest beer festival? Uh, is that next to Madison? Yeah, it's actually in Madison. It's in Madison. It's okay. In Madison. Cool. Madison's great town. It is. Um, my friend. So my my. My best friend's sister lives there and her mom, so mm. um, I visited at least twice. And it, great place. Yeah, no, yeah. fabulous, beautiful town, stunning. It's where the capital of Wisconsin is, and it's yeah. one of the most beautiful, like, capital buildings I've ever seen. A lot of cheese for, curd. A lot of cheese curd. <laughs> My God, awesome. how those people are not, like, dead of heart attacks at the age of 30 is just beyond, beyond me. Beyond. Um, I would be great. if I lived there. Yeah, because I would eat all the cheese. All the cheese, cheese great. curds, squeaky cheese, yep. and all these just amazing beers. Yeah. And it's a lot cheaper than what we pay for beer out here. Yeah, well, yeah, it's the same and just as good. Don't, yeah. You know, no, don't they, make, get it they, wrong. Make, they make great stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's rains there more than it rains here. Yeah, look, I, I, I like visiting. I do not want to live there because yes. summer can be humid and hot. Do some and winter is just like, I don't like it when it's in the negatives. Celsius. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Right? Uh, or negatives Fahrenheit, even yeah. worse. And it happens. And shoveling snow can shovel shit, because shoveling sucks dicks. Yeah, I know. Again, that place. I live here. Exactly. Um, yeah, I don't want to shovel snow. Uh, I don't want to be too hot. If I am, I want to go to the bar and cool down. That's, that's, all, that's all we have to do. But I tell you what, what, the thing where I called, like, I was out there wandering around with friends uh, at the beer festival, and I was like, I call bullshit on this. So Lagunitas has a booth out there now really because lagunitas has a midwest brewing that's right 
And, well, first, I'm like, I'm not coming to the Midwest to drink Lagunitas. Thank you very much. No. But second, yeah, you may have a brewery. You are not a Midwest brewer. Much like, you know, you know, if I want to get to Sierra Nevada, that's from out here. Just because you guys got breweries in other places now does not make you an East Coast brewery. Exactly. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, same, same sense as, like, I want to get the Midwest breweries, I want to get the East Coast breweries, uh, and if I want to get the West Coast breweries, I'll stay out here and get the West Coast. So wherever I go, is the local beer I want to get. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's Um, exactly what I want to do. Now, I mean, it's fun, so, so among the bad things are all the big conglomerates buying everybody. Yes. And that's that's sad for a whole variety of reasons can and, i get an amen amen but the plus side in the short term before they ruin all these beers is that because of the distribution networks we're getting all sorts of stuff we never used to see yes and that well, is kind of fun it is in the short term sort of when i block out the guilt that i feel about all of that well it's here like uh even at ale we're getting uh, or a, a few places too not just uh, Ale Arsenal, but a few places are getting Evil Twin. Yeah. And Evil Twin is from, I believe, Boston is it, or no. somewhere. Or, is it, uh, isn't it? It's, is Evil Twin is, it's not Midwest? It's it's either a Midwest or East Coast. It's a yeah, very, I thought it was right. East Coast, but it's one of those beers. Like, even Twin. Founders. So Founders is, what, Michigan? Yeah, or Wisconsin, maybe. It's one or the other. Yeah, so founders, same kind of thing. And everybody's like, oh my god, we're getting founders. I've been getting founders for the longest time in New Jersey. Yeah. Founders has been around for a long time, and I've been getting that forever. And the, you know, when they're getting the breakfast out, everybody's no, like... No, Brooklyn, Evil Twin. Yeah. Okay, so East Coast, yeah, yeah Brooklyn, yeah. You're right. That's what I thought. Yeah. It, yeah, so same, you know, same kind of thing. It's like, I've gotten a lot of it before, It's and it's like, I'm I'm definitely where you know the more it comes out west the worse it is as you get yeah. you get further and further away from the source. Yeah. So it's not as great. And there was something fun about only getting the stuff when you go X Y and Z place. Yeah. And it, you know that's kind of a thing it's like oh dude have you have an evil twin yet and you're like no. Now it's like look what we got from evil twin no. and you're like oh, well from fucking Brooklyn dude it's like 3,000 miles away, what these cans have been through to get to here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, the distribution is like, I don't know. No, or there was something far. fun when you're like, like, Willows would get like two bottles of something. Yeah. And that was always sort of, that was cool and you yeah. got that. And now when it's like all there and, you know, it's it's like. I, I feel cool, like now when I can get this, the Pumpkin Drublic, yeah. and it's not nationally distributed yeah it's like that's basically probably only state right now california is probably the only one putting that out yep stone san diego all the way up to the up and even though that they're doing a whole i think they're playing in uh boise idaho right yeah they're playing because Uh, it's not in the big stone distribution network right so they're looking at stone all over the fucking place no exactly but yeah so although so I don't know if anybody else is getting this. Hmm. It's very possible that they could. But I don't know how far the special release goes for that Pumpkin Drublick, which they're playing Tacoma, Boise, Idaho, Concord, 
Sacramento, and Huntington Beach. So three of those in California, two of those in other states. Yeah. Are you getting the exact beer either only that day yeah. or not at all? Yeah. Right? And there's supposed to be like over 100 breweries or some shit, that one. But um, but yeah, it's cool when you get like special releases like that. Like, yeah. You know, and you can't get it back east and you're like, fuck, dude, I want to get that one. I'm like, no, you should have had it. Sorry. You're not in the West Coast. Like, yep. That's just the way it is. It's how I've always lived. You know, I've, I can't get it if it's. You know, I have to order it special. Uh, even CDs were like that for me. Like, albums, like... Yeah. I I found artists that were not popular anywhere in the United States, and I had to order it. Like, I don't know if you guys had The Wall out. Do you have The Wall? Yeah. Is that a thing out here? Yeah. The Wall? So back there in the 90s, you know, when the, the record store was The Wall, you uh, you had the special order shit at the mall. It was around their record store around, and it would take fucking two to three or four weeks the first 10 foot pole record that i had to order and the mm. first blink 182 record that i had to order took fucking three weeks to get here and was not distributed anywhere, anywhere else yeah. yeah it was just like that was it for us out here at least when i was undergrad like rasputin's and amoeba which is great rasputin's were. awesome and they get tons yeah. of shit yeah and but you had to go to those places mm-hmm. Um, or you had to know somebody at Tower Records when there used to be Tower Records, right? You know, to to get that, and it wasn't you know regularly on the shelves. And there was there's something fun in getting the things because either you know about it or you're in the place or it's local. That is absolutely right. That's the fun part about being the in on something about something that is not popular or not. You know, like it's a word of mouth. You know, from a couple of friends here yeah. or there, you know, whatever. And it's like, that used to be the best thing about going to the record store, too, and just flipping through shit. And you're like, that's kind of a cool cover, which yeah. I like. That's what I liked about vinyl. You know, you flip through a bunch of records and be like, what a kick-ass cover. Let's see what the music sounds like. And then all of a sudden you're like, yeah, that's fucking cool. Pretty rad. And then you found out about the band that way. And you're yeah. like, oh, you didn't know about these guys? Like, no, I that's, didn't know. Cool. I, I am vaguely thinking about getting back into vinyl again. My brother does it. A couple other people do it. But there was, I was reminded of this. It was a lot of years ago now. A woman I was dating, you know, had you know, had vinyl and the record. And there's something really nice about putting on the record, moving the needle over. Yeah. You know, and listening to the songs and then having to turn it back over. Something really, you know. It's a process. Yeah. There you go. That's the right word. And it definitely has a warmer feeling for music. And when if you get the right speakers and the right the right sound yeah. equipment, it can be really epic. Yeah, and there's something the you know, problem sort of, with vinyl. there's something tactile in yes. picking it up, moving it over. Yeah, moving it over. Yeah, it has that whole I don't know. Intimate, maybe is the right word. Intimate. Yeah, it has. Um, damn, there's probably a better word for it because it's so intricate and so like you know some people are so delicate with shit and they just kind of like you know back in the day i'm sure people used to like probably take gloves and fucking flip it over just to be like no fingerprints i don't want any skipping yeah the thing about the thing i like about vinyl is the sound the crackling the the warmness you get from that analog recording kind of a thing yeah the thing I hate about it is it's not practical. Yeah. That's totally, yeah. I can't blast a vinyl in my fucking car. No. 
You know, it's I can't really take it on my walk somewhere. Nope. You know, that's why they invented Walkmans and shit, and a tracks are out. You know, yep. and you're, you know, all that kind of shit. Yeah, like, right? How many fucking songs do I have on the phone thing that I have with me all the time? Exactly. So they, you know, they figured out a way you can cram shit into a small package. And now, so the whole thing, like, vinyl's great and all. And how many times are you gonna actually sit at home in your room? Or wherever you are, and put vinyl on. Yeah, very little. Yeah, the collection in rom- I'm romanticizing yeah. life, and that's what vinyl. Vinyl is romanticizing it's things. Really, that's a really smart way, an interesting way of putting it. Yeah, you know, it's it's romanticizing life and and music and how you think that would be the perfect date or the perfect yeah. moment or the yeah. perfect. You know, capture that exact moment, but everywhere else it's not practical. You, it's I'm not gonna. I'm, it's gonna skip any, yep. anywhere else I take it, or I'm not a DJ, so I'm not gonna fucking spin it. Like it's not right. gonna happen. Um, but I heard an interesting fact that I don't know if it's true or not. I say interesting fact, but an interesting uh, thing that some somebody said that Jack White uh, was one of the the biggest people to put vinyl back into play i think that's true is that true yeah yeah i think that's true okay so yeah that's what i heard and so it was and so for the so for the re vinyl movement one guy fucking and jack white is so amazing at what he does he's a great producer great recording artist you know great musician yeah he, he does it all drives me fucking nuts when he doesn't fucking play awesome solos right um same way uh the, what's his name from muse um, oh right yeah the other guy uh, yeah i can't remember his name anyway like you got the, you got these amazing fucking how are you not fucking playing these solos on every time don't give me that pop ass whatever shit right nail it just yeah. fucking take it but yeah back to your you know vinyl point well with the you know but the, with the vinyl it's like it's a great like i said i think it's very romanticized it, it leaves a sunset in my mind, but I just, it's not practical to me. Yeah. My collection is CDs. Yeah. Which I can actually turn into digital. Right. And put it onto my iTunes or I can take Apple Music or, you yeah. know, uh, Spotify and, and carry that with me. And as a collector, I'll collect CDs because I can take them places. Right. And they also sound fucking great. And they, they do sound better than when I rip them. Yes. I mean, I'm one of the last people I know who still buys CDs. I buy CDs. Right. Because, you know. And I do it for two reasons. One, I like to actually have the thing in case, you know, the the computer, et cetera, dies. Exactly. But, I also, but I also like albums. That's the thing I like about it. You're, you're exa- absolutely right. So, albums is what I like about it. And that's the thing I liked about vinyl, but in the same yeah. sense, it's like, not the same as the CD, dude. Yeah. I can't skip songs. Um, you know, it's... Or you can, but it's a pain in the butt. You can, but it's... Because yeah, you have to lift up, look for that line, put it down. And who has the eye for that shit So half yeah. the time? Well, you can just go, boop. Yeah. Nobody. Um, so you... See, Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, now you listen to a lot of music, like yeah, a lot of music. No, I listen. Yeah, I listen to right. everything. 
do you think that have albums changed over let's say the past yes. 25 years yes right from well because like, i see fewer like i i go back to well albums used to be eight songs right and then they've gone from like eight to, to like 15 yeah back to like 12 yeah so anywhere between eight songs and 15 is actually considered an album and for the vinyl, it's usually four songs. Right. Four songs on one side. Yeah. Four songs on the next. So. But there also used to be a, like a cohesiveness. Yeah. Like that is to say bands would sit down and and make an album, which wasn't a set of songs that had no relationship to each other. And in our a la carte world. Right. I'm just, I'm wondering, because I haven't really, I'm only thinking about this as we're talking about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, totally. I haven't, you know, thought about recent albums. Yeah. And thought. Is there anything that holds these together other than they're on the album? Because, you know, you go, you know, way back and, you know, think whatever, yeah. Sgt. Peppers, or, you know, not as far back, and you think Dookie, or even, not even, you know, so far back, and it's even bracket out something like an American Idiot, which is, you know, deliberately, but you think, you know, any Blink-182 or Modest mm-hmm. Mouse or, yeah, yeah. you know, whatever, right? There was something cohesive about the album. Yes. Right? Or at least an attempt at that or something, right? That the... And now I wonder if there's that or if, if you know, the bands and the recording studios and the labels are like, all right, how do we sell each individual song? We care less about an album per se. And I, I, I just don't know. I'm, well, I think a lot of people are, it's a, you know, it's gotten back into a weird world of digital art and that's, and you know, since the internet craze, uh, music has gone downhill in my opinion. Hmm. Um, in what ways? And not necessarily downhill for music as an art. Yeah. But for the fact that why do it and why continue to do it? And I think there's bands out there still, but I guess maybe like, I want to say maybe for new bands, it's not as, um, it's not as appealing. It's not as great. Because the rock star phase and being in a band kind of faded out in 2000s. Mm-hmm. Early 2000s yeah. was out. Rock and roll and being in a band up until from since like probably the 40s. 40s or 50s? Mm. From the 50s up until the 2000s. There was a money-making dream. Yeah. And it was... Being in a band, touring, rock and roll, live fast, die young. We could do whatever the fuck we want. Yeah. It really faded out as far as that goes in the 2000s. Now that it's people want to sell songs, like you were saying. Yeah, so your Spotify, Pandora. Yep. iTunes. iTunes. Like, you know, any of that kind of shit. It's like, but let's think about it too, though. It's like there's no videos to market so much. If there is, you got to find it. You know, MTV isn't selling it. If you're in a right. band, like, if you're in a punk band or, or any kind of rock and roll band, like, they're not selling that shit. Like, nobody's, like, looking for the next new Rolling Stones. Nobody's ne- looking for the next new Metallica. Nobody right. gives a shit. So, to be in a band, you have to want it. And just like art. Art, you have to do because nobody else is doing it. You know? Yeah. Even if, even if they yeah. are, who cares? You're doing it. You know what I mean? It's like... It's like back in the day, right? With like, you know, Picasso and those guys like painting and, and creating art. 
didn't make no fucking money. No, Picasso did, but most folks well, didn't. Yeah, but Picasso did. he turned but, himself into an industry. Right, of course, exactly. Right. But, but you know, almost everybody else. But yeah. everybody else before, like, the starving artist thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, it got to the point where the starving artists and then all of a sudden we're not starving, now we're back to starving. Because you ain't making shit on YouTube, you're not making shit on Spotify, you're not making shit on fucking Pandora, you're not making shit on fucking, you know, anything. You're making, like, a, a penny off of the... the you know, no. your, album isn't, your album isn't selling... It's not getting distributed. Like, it's it's a weird world for music and movies. You know, we still got, which is, I'm surprised actually people still go to the movies. Because I, I still do, but it's a weird, um, it's a weird art out there to get your money right off the bat. Yeah. For- but right, I only go, they're only, I mean, for the most part. Only certain kinds of movies that I go. I go see the big blockbuster things, not because they're necessarily great, but the thing that makes them worth seeing is big screen, incredible digital sound, explosions, blah, 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 right? I go see the Marvel stuff on the big screen because that's what makes it great fun, right? Because on the small screen, I mean, I'm still going to watch it if it comes on the TV, right? But... It's not as good. Yes. Right? The experience, the big screen experience. Right. It's, it's all about the experience. Right. But most of the other stuff, there's no reason to see it on the big screen anymore. No. It like comes not, really quickly to right. Netflix or whatever. If it doesn't have explosions or, you know, some kind of fucking crazy epic Star Wars battles. That's right. You're not going to go see it. Right. And you miss it. And all of a sudden it comes to the regular DVD release yep. or something and you're like, then you got to kind of find it. And you're like, oh shit. I remember that movie. I remember seeing the trailer for that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you like get that movie. You're like, fuck, it was amazing. Why didn't I see that in the theater? Holy fuck. It's like, yeah. it's just not as popular as like going to see. And it probably wasn't even back in the day too, right? I'm sorry, back in the day when they released Star Wars, which used to Star be. Star Wars was huge. Which was in the movies for like months. And it, right, that's true. It, it ran for a long for time. For a long period of time. You paid less money to see it, which yeah. is still equivalent to i'm sure somewhat of what we're paying now i think it was a little cheaper if you even probably if you, a little bit yeah yeah because it was like shit i remember the first movie first movie maybe first movie i saw it was like two dollars it was like a big it was like young guns 2 I saw young guns 2 in like 92 it's like two dollars two dollars yeah. i saw scream in 96 or whatever the fuck when that came out for like three dollars there was a big jump in the mid late 90s yeah Super. Now all of a sudden we're like, it's almost twelve dollars for one. Maybe yeah, ticket. Yeah, right. Twelve dollars a ticket. It's why I go to the Costco and get the passes. Yeah, nice. Eight bucks. Smart. Eight fifty. Whatever it is. Fuck. Smart. I used to be when they used to have it on. You know, we used to go to the Fandango thing. Yeah. And I would put myself in a senior because I get the senior (laughs) discount. And get my senior ticket. It's a state of mind, my friend. Yeah, that's what it is. I was like, oh. You're an old soul. I'm an old soul looking for a new movie, motherfucker. I'm taking that <laughs> shit right out. <laughs> Fucking printing. Yeah, $3.75. That's my ticket right now, motherfucker. I don't care. $8? I'm paying that shit. Do, 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 do. Yeah, that was, that was, that's how we went to the movies. I was like, I'm looking for any way not to pay this shit. Remember when I was a kid, before movie theaters really, before, so when multiplexes first, not when they first appeared, but pretty soon thereafter... They had not figured out timing. So, on the same side of the multiplex, you could see the one movie, 
and then walk right next door to the next one, which was starting oh, right then. Yeah. Before they figured out how to stagger that stuff so you can't do that and people would keep an eye on you. Yeah. And we saw a lot of double features that way. <laughs> That's the best, man. That's always the great way to do it. That's cool. <laughs> double features the way to go, too. You're like, I'm walking right next door to that movie. I'm going to see exactly what I want to see today. But, yeah, I just don't think there's a market so much anymore for everything. It's a lot of um, what you know and who you know. Like, mm. you know, a lot of people like if you have tight friends or uh, yeah, like I, I don't, I don't even know anymore what appeals to young audiences. You know, it's like I just don't, I don't know, I don't, I just don't get it. It's like, how do they find shit? It's just like. I sp- I mean, guess Facebook, maybe, Instagram, yeah, friends of friends. I mean, I guess it's probably the same way anybody finds shit. I mean, the young folk really aren't on Facebook in the same way, but Instagram and other. Yeah, but it's like when you hear a song, though, it's like you know when you like when yeah. you first hear that song. You know, I remember in one of my favorite albums of all time, not punk rock related at all. Shocking. Yeah, because I'm fucking super punk rock. Nah, no, whatever. Nah. <laughs> No, no, I like all types of music. I love all types of music. Uh, but definitely a favorite album of mine of all time is The Counting Crows, August and Everything After. It's a great album. Right? It's one of those not miss out. Like, every song on that album is, is a great song. Every single song. Every single song from start to finish. And I wouldn't have heard any of that yet. Until I, you know, I saw MTV put out the video for uh, Mr. Jones, and I was like, "It's and a pretty me. good song." I was like, "It's a good," and it was to me, it was like pretty good. But I was like, and I think I was in eighth grade. Yeah, I think it was in eighth grade when that came out. Yeah, and I was like, "That song is awesome," and I had a, I made a mixtape for myself, and I recorded it from the television <laughs> on a, on my. You know, uh, my uh, boombox. Yeah. I held it up, and I recorded the whole video off of MTV onto my boombox. Yeah. And I was going on an eighth grade trip to Washington, D.C., and I took that tape, and I put other songs onto it, so it would be a live, not live, but a a Joe live from the MTV TV to that tape of Mr. Jones, and then... Round here, I think, was on too. Mm. They played, so there's two released, and then I had Megadeth next to it. So I had like a Megadeth. So I had one like, of these things is not like the other. Yeah. So I had a Megadeth. Kurt Count- Loader is very confused by you. Yeah, I had a Megadeth, Counting Crows, Anthrax, and probably Nirvana tape that was, you know, very mixed. That's an awesome weird tape. Very mixed, and I was like, because my eighth grade trip, and I was like, what do I want to hear? I want to hear all the shit, you know? I was like, this is what I want to hear right now. And I had to record it. And I was like, "How would I ever hear that now? I don't. You don't get videos like that anymore. Like, no. it's, not, it's not released. No. Like, and you're not. And you're not gonna. So Joey or Melissa, if they're listening or watching at some point, will correct me on this. But I don't know that you could get Spotify or Pandora to do that for you. You can't. You can because you, they're gonna. You can get um a band similar. Because I, I found a band that I liked off of Pandora from another band. Yeah. But it just isn't the same. Right. But how, but what I'm, I guess what I'm asking, like, you can't get, I can't get a station that's going to play 
a Counting Crows song, and then a Megadeth song, and nah. then a Death Leopard song. You're not going to get it. Right. Not. Nah. Right? That That's still something that's unique to your, you as a taste creator. Yes. Right? Or you as your own personal taste. Right? And, you know, I think back to, you know, rock stations in the 80s and the 90s, uh, or in, at least in the early 90s, and that sort of eclectic nature of, of what some of them would do you had even more than we did out here on the east coast in jersey and in, in, in new york I and mean, you had some fucking amazing radio stations that were like dynamic and played this random new thing and that random new thing because it was all rock yes and we don't have that anymore oh did we had so much rock that it was on i mean there's still a home wzzo is the fucking hometown radio station that plays nothing but classic rock new rock and, and if, everything in between, basically. Yeah, and nobody does that out here yeah. anymore. No, it's right? all the, the, new. The closest that you used to have was K-Fog. That, I mean, they weren't doing sort of rock as much as they were doing, I don't know, alt-rock or whatever. Yeah. Um, and they used to, you know, really do some, you know, sort of classic stuff and sort of new modern stuff. And since, yeah. you know, they changed ownership or whatever, they don't do it as much anymore. But, you know, like you're... Like, I remember The Bone yes. when it, like, started or something in the 90s or thereabouts. And, man, that was a hard rock station. We had something similar that and came out, too. And now it's fucking classic. Bone. Now it's a classic rock station. And it plays some hard rock, which is great. But it's classic hard rock. They don't play new shit. Yeah, which is right. a bummer. Like, yeah. how are you going to find out about new shit? Like, You're right. You have to go find the college radio station. Yeah. Whatever that is, if they're still doing it. There aren't like network. I don't know what the right word is, but network ne- stations. Network, networks is, is pretty much a good, yeah, a good word. Like, that that are playing like new stuff. That are finding new things. That are taking chances because they're desperately all trying to hold on. Yes. In the Pandora Spotify age, which, which is the problem with a lot of people trying to hold on to things like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like you need to like branch out and find things on your own that are gonna, you know, boost other people's careers that you might never even have thought of before you know you'd be like you know i can i can think of a band right now and be like larry and his flask mm-hmm. it's like not a lot of people have heard larry and his flask and when you hear that shit you're like oh my god that's a fucking great band why the fuck aren't they popular because they just don't have a market right the market is punk rock bluegrass and you're just not like aware of what they do you know what i mean it's yeah. just like Holy shit. And it's hard to get him in that niche. It's like, you know, it, when you don't hear about the bands, and you don't know about them, and a radio station is not going to play you. Right. Where else is there to go? Music television isn't going to play you anymore because they play nothing but, you know, fucking 16 and pregnant. That's right. All that's all they're does playing. M- does MTV even play music anymore at I, all I, I heard they're trying to bring back trl which you know should we go by there and, yeah. and fucking uh 20 you know uh Times square yeah nothing stupid and does vh1 even play music anymore does vh1 even exist oh, that's dude, a good question I don't, I don't know yeah i used to love vh1 vh1 used to be awesome for everything behind the music the behind the music things were depressing oh. but fascinating no they were they were Oh my god, that's Absolutely the best. Fascinating. That's the best thing VH1 ever did. Yeah, behind the, the music. Holy shit, I would watch that shit. I mean, my dad would talk about it, like, dude, you see that? 
You see that fucking behind music on like Black Sabbath? It's like, yeah, it is. Like, Holy fuck, it was awesome. Yeah. And we talk about it for hours, you know? Like fucking Pink Floyd behind the music, like that kind of shit. Like, dude, that stuff is what I wanted to see. Yeah. I wanted to hear about it. That is the journalism yeah, that right. they needed. Like, that's what... And especially people for rock. It's like, there's no more... It's not about rock music anymore. It's like, I don't care what's popular, but I still want to hear about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't want to hear about just pop music. Pop music is taken over. Rap's taken over. Hip-hop's taken over. Everything you hear about is just like, on the everything. You know, it's like, uh, or the joys of techno. Yeah, anything like that. It's like I don't want to hear about it. All the I just don't. I'm not. I don't care. I'm not a fan. I'm just not a fan. I want to hear about rock music. I want to hear about you know new, more stuff. I want to hear about it. And there is good rock music out there, and there is good new rock music. Yeah. Or like, um, uh, I'm trying to. I think uh, it was either Melissa. or... We got some my, people writing in too. Let me see. Go oh, ahead. sweet. Keep talking. Or my brother who like. Tune me in a couple years ago to Nathaniel Ratliff in the Night Sweats. And, you know, there's this sort of reemergence of a kind of a 50s rock. And there are some other bands out there doing that kind of stuff. And I did not find this on a radio station. I still listen to radio stations because I yeah. like to listen to radio when I drive in the car. I don't put on the iPod or et cetera. Because oh, no, that's okay. like... You know, outside of friends, it's the only way I'm going to possibly hear a new thing. Yeah, totally. But but there's very few radio stations that will let me hear a new thing. It's yeah. I think it's I think it's getting harder and harder to hear a new thing. I think uh, what this uh, this lady was saying or this chick was uh, yeah. She she was saying that you know uh, what the fuck did she say? Hold on. I don't know. You were the one who just <laughs> oh, looked. I did, I did. I can make something up, but oh, she was saying that we can make. You know, mixtapes from Spotify and all that stuff too. Like, but in a different in a different scenario of like what you can make, and I agree with that. You can make mixtapes off of anything, right? So I can create. A, yep. And I think that's the new way of doing it. Is like, you ever make a mixtape for your girlfriend, or you make a mixtape for yep. a friend, and being like, dude, you need to, you need to hear these songs, and it's so hard to put together a mixtape, but at the same time, it's so easy. To put it mm. together a mixtape and turn people on and like, I remember my friends made me a mixtape, you know, or I would make them a mixtape and they'd be like, "Dude, that fucking fourth song is the shit. What is that?" And you're like, "That's yeah. Wizzo, dude. It's from Germany. You've never heard that shit before." And they're like, "I know. It's so fucking good." I just feel like that is not what people are about these days. And like, I don't want to say that like because anybody can do anything on. You know, that kind of level. Yeah. yeah. It's just in a different vibe, right? It's not the same as when it was when you, like, for... Maybe, I don't know. Maybe it is when you're younger. I don't know. As you get older, you're just like... Ah, grumpy, grumpy, grumpy. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like, not... These not, kids. Yeah. Get off my lawn. Stop stealing my music. Get off my lawn. Check this mixtape out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I don't want to romanticize, like, the era of total label control of everything and how it got to music stations and all. But, but you know, you think about who the, you know, whoever your local really good DJ was, who was playing all sorts of weird shit and finding things for you, right? And, and maybe I'm just like a shitty user of Pandora. And I know I'm a shitty user of Spotify because I mostly don't use it. Um, but... 
Depends the, on what bands you put in. Right, but they don't find things so much. No, nah, Pandora doesn't really. Right, I put in something and it gives me a whole bunch of stuff that's sort of like that or that that I mostly know. And the odds of me hearing something like that's different but vaguely related. Yeah. Are are low. Whereas if I listen to, I don't know, Jim Ladd back in the day on KMET or whatever down in LA. Uh-huh. You know, I'd hear a bunch of stuff that I liked, and then there'd be like, what the fuck is that? You know, you know, you know, who the fuck is Blink-182? Right. That's a good song. Right. Now I want to find more Blink-182. Right. Or whoever it, you know, it would happen to be. I think for the most part in my, I was, I think, you know, my friends turned me on to most of the music, and I turned them on to most of the music, so it was a big vice versa kind of thing radio really didn't actually turn me on to a lot of stuff interesting radio actually just kind of played stuff that i was like oh cool i haven't heard that in a while Uh, yeah you know kind of kind of set the tone of back it's kind of while i I like the classic rock theme it's like you know i really like that kind of thing like oh that kind of took me back it's like oh twisted sister no yeah cool you know, oh, now we're going to play Green Day. It's like Green Day, Twisted Sister. We're going to do fucking Little Warren. Oh, we're going to do fucking, you know, ACDC next. Oh, it's cool. It's like Led Zeppelin. Thing. It's are, you, are, are you wearing, are you, are you Stuart wearing the Warren shirt? Oh, dude, I'm totally wearing that. I wear the Warren <laughs> shirt all day. Although I'm not a big fan of Warren. I like, dude, Uncle Tom's Cabin is one of the That's fucking awesomest songs song. of all time. It's a good song. And that, song. the opening riff, it's so fucking hard to play yeah and i think it's a fact in the in the in the the actual song the band didn't play that song uh, uh the band they get a studio person no no the band didn't play that opening track it was a friend who was just like oh, i had this like little rift and he was just like Boo-doo. and if you sit, go back and listen to i'm gonna go back and listen uncle to tom's home. cabin yeah the very beginning of it it's an acoustic fucking like and it's like whoa that's fucking awesome and then it goes from that and the band kicks in with a banjo and a fucking guitar mm. and in the 80s ooh, it sets the tone because nobody in the fucking 80s played banjo in the eight like that metal kind of like yeah no know, sound they did and it was fucking killer Holy shit, was it awesome. Yeah, I was super stoked about it. I was like, I don't know. I, I, I sung it for karaoke one time, and I was like, yeah, I made a mistake. I made a mistake. <laughs> but, you know, you get those songs that are just like you love so much that you're just not karaoke worthy of it. And you're just like, fuck. They, they, are, they are those. I, stupid. <laughs> I think my first prime stupid karaoke moment was Summer 69. I thought. Oh, really? I thought. Super great easy to do. Song, da, da, da. And you forget there's this fucking rock alto, horrible, impossible to sing part to that song. And I was just like, oh no, I can't sing this. God damn it. Which part? Um. It's like, the it's the it's the chorus part. Oh, so high, right? Because it's, it's so just, fucking oh, high, right? Fucking so there's right. that main part that's like. You know, more or less, like some version of a tenor or whatever that I can pull off. And then there's that chorus, which is like, I can't do that. 
Yes, there's some certain shit that I just can't pull off that I'm such a big fan of that I'm like, ah, oh, damn. Well, a lot of these, a lot of these fuckers are altos. Yes, they're totally right. And you know, kills me, or you know, or they're so you know weird, you know, like Blind Melon. Oh, I want to sing all sorts of Blind Melon songs. I can't even fucking come close. Dude, it's hard. It's hard. That guy is another one of the tragedies. Yes. Oh shit! What was his name? Um. I can't remember. Neither can I. I remember. I. God damn it! I remember when he died too. Yeah. Oh, damn. What the hell was his name? Oh, I can't remember. Somebody must have chimed in over there. Maybe. All right. Well, what do we got here? Okay. So this one is McKellar. Ooh, San Diego. Yeah. Hoppy Pilsner. Like we just. Now we're re- we're repeating the San Diego. There you go. Hoppy Pilsner of the Hoppy Lager kind of a thing. And this is California Dream. On a winter's day? On a winter's day, which we're not even in winter. We're in the fall. California fall. Oh my god, fall has actually started. Hey, here's the fucking fall actually starting. This is actually starting. Yeah, cheers. I love fall. It's my favorite time of year. I agree. So, Halloween, uh, pumpkins. If I were independently ridiculously wealthy, I would live probably in Manhattan for three months out of the year. From May through early June, and from October through early November. Oh, dude, October, October, New Jersey is the best fucking time. If you want to record a horror movie, do it in New Jersey in October. It's fucking good. Well, that's when you find the Jersey Devil, right? Yes. I remember the that. Jersey ex- Devil. My I- friend my friend used to go, I'm the Jersey Devil! <laughs> and I was like, shut the fuck. I love that guy. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> there was an X-Files episode yeah. about it. Yeah, there was, there was, uh, we watched, uh, so we had, used to have this, uh, movie night that we had all the time. I think I told you about it yeah. a little bit. Like, so we called it Chud Night. <laughs> and I have Chud uh, 1, you know, Chud 1, Chud 2. Chud what 2. Citizens, Humanoid, <sighs> Underground Dwellers. Wait, no. Cannibal Humanoid. Cannibal, cannibalistic, humanoid, cannibalistic human, humanoid Underground Dwellers. And there was. Yes. And what was it, Chud 2 or Chud 3, Bud the Chud? Bud the Chud, yes. <laughs> so we named the movie night after, and we would go every night on Monday nights would be movie night. And we would fucking watch two horror movies back to back. And they'd be the shittiest movies of all time. And we would just do Mystery Science Theater. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. So anything goes. We'd make the most vulgar, shitty comments of all time. And, yeah, that was in in that kind of realm. Like, you know, yeah, it was, it was, it was bad. But it was really good. It, it, it's still going on to this day, but it's like, uh, I'm not there, so it's not school, so fuck well, you guys. Yeah. Fuck you guys. Word. Shut down the West Coast, not the same. I don't have that many friends. No, <laughs> you know, we not as much underground. Yeah, definitely. Cheers, man. Cheers, my friend. To the Hoppy Pilsner. To a Hoppy Pilsner. McKellar. Surf's up, because there's a surf lady on there with the hat thing going on. This is really interesting. There's a lot, I mean, there's a lot more flavor in this Pilsner than is usually in a Pilsner. But see, that's what I like about what we were talking about before, about that not on the back end. It goes goes away. Yeah. It's all up front. It's also really pretty. It is. Look at look at the clarity of that thing. Yeah, it's so like I could see the Devil's Canyon fucking yeah. logo right through there, and that Firestone. 
Beer right. before glory, baby. Beer before glory. Says so on my glass. Says so on my glass and on my wall and shit. You know, all that kind of that kind of <laughs> deal. It also says Big Trouble in Little China yeah, there too, but you know, that's my favorite movie of all time. Where's the PABC sign? I don't have that one. Costume music make me one. Support is, you know, if he wants to sponsor me, he's got to get him with a plaque. All right. You know, if he wants to do it, I'll take it. I'll put you on my wall. <laughs> You, know you should. Yeah, yeah. I'll do it. I like it. So I, right. like, I like a lot of power. Favorite cheesy horror movie? Uh, of all time? Oh, shit. Uh, fuck. Mm. Oh, okay. Okay, so... I'm going to go with my, my, my cheap answer okay, to you this go is, first, yeah. is, is probably Army of Darkness. Though I love me some Evil Dead 2. Evil Dead 2 is one of my favorites. Army of Darkness is definitely one of my favorites, too. Although, shit. And I adore me some Bubba Hotep. <sighs> I think that movie is brilliant. Bubba Hotep is one of the most underrated, weird-ass... It's not horror. It's not really... It, it, that's it, true. That's a fair it, point. It's it, not it, really it's, horror. It's, 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 it is, but it's not. It's like, um, shit. Oh, it's it's not even suspenseful. It's just fucking. I guess it's like it's got some some zombie Elvis mummies, you know, mummies, and like you know, us Newsome and yeah. I guess I would put it in the horror category because because like, there's nowhere else to put it. There's nowhere else, but like, dude, fucking. Dude, Bruce Campbell playing fucking Elvis is the best fucking Elvis of all time. It was fucking amazing. Holy shit. He's like, oh, man, this girl's rubbing my pecker. And she was saying, I'm fucking, <laughs> oh, fucking that, that dude is so good. Just... He's like, Jack, hey, man, you know, come over here, man. Do fucking, it was, you know, and it's, it's amazing. <laughs> and, and, and Jeff, the guy who plays JFK is black. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ozzie Newsome. Ozzie Newsome, yeah. Super fucking cool, dude. He's a great actor. Oh, he's an amazing actor, um, that guy. Yeah. Uh, Bubba Hotep is one of the best. Um, shit, I have so many. That, you know, so I liked... Uh, or even just a few. It doesn't have to be favorites. Yeah, and like, I liked the Toxic, yeah, Toxic Avenger. Toxic Avenger is Toxic kind of, was the, first, the very first those one. Those trauma movies. Super trauma. Super awesome. One of the best shitty horror movies of all time. Horror, but like... Turned into superhero, swampy, kind of you know, stupid. Um, I liked a lot of Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, yeah, Jason, blah blah blah. Let's see what else. Ooh, fun piece of trivia. Um, the Halloween movies. Yep. The Mask. Whose face? Oh, William Shatner. That is correct, sir. Yes. And you can't unsee that once you know that fact. Have you ever seen, um, uh, what is it? Uh, shit. I'm blanking on some names here. Um, it's, um, it's a legendary, uh, fuck. It was, a Behind the Mask. The movie's called Behind the Mask. No, it was like a legendary. It's like it's like Lee Vance or something, like Lee something mm. behind the mask, and it was this cool ass fucking documentary slash real ass movie uh, slasher film, huh? And it was kind of like this guy. Um, it was called Behind the Mask, and 
he adopts this film crew to follow him around. And he's like, oh, you see that girl in the library? We're going to scare the shit out of her, right? Yeah. Mm. Okay, but don't make a sound. We're going to get behind this, this tree right now. Right, right, right. He like, he's like, hey. And like, this girl like looks and like, you know, does like a double take. And she's like, nothing is happening. He's like, you know, the creepiest shit ever. And then it's like, and then at the end, it turns into a real movie where he actually becomes the real serial killer. Huh. And but he starts out of like a dark clever, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He adopts this like uh, a film crew to come hang out with him to show how he like stalks these girls and kills these girls, and all of a sudden the film crew turns against him, so he turns against the film crew, and then it goes fucking wild, and it's just like this like slasher Jason kind of like mask like, but it's like the man behind the mask kind of it's yeah. like it's called something something behind the behind the mask well I'll, I'll i'll bring it up before we get off the podcast i'll cool. show you i'll show you later but uh yeah awesome ass slasher film i it's it's not shitty but it's in that shitty horror movie category yeah. like have you seen uh tucker and dale vs evil yes one of the best fucking brilliant horror movies of all time yeah no i i was hilarious Dude, and it was amazing and also scary at moments dude it, it took like the best turn of it took like the yeah. opposite turn of what you thought. It's yeah. like the hard, the scary guys were the good guys, and the kids were the bad guys. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I don't know how you could get better at doing that kind of shit. Um, other than that, you know, I like uh, Event Horizon, which is great. It's not really a shitty movie, I guess. No, it's but actually, still horror. It's, you know, it's a good movie. Yeah, space horror. You know that kind of yeah. shit. Um, yeah, what do you think of Stranger Things? I love Stranger Things. It's great. Yeah, did, you see, did you see the new it? Uh, I saw the trailer. Oh, dude, let's see. Do you see the original it? The yes. TV version. What, what do you think of that? Anyway, we'll talk about the original. Did you All right. The, so I have some soft spots. Did you read the book? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So okay, we can bring it full circle. Then. Yeah. What do you think? All right. So I I have some soft spots in my heart for the original it. Uh-huh. But it's not how to put this. It's not scary as much as it is creepy. Does that make sense? Yes. Like I was not. So Stephen King is like that, right? He's yeah. not. I mean, he is scary because things are frightening, but at the same time, it makes your skin crawl more than yeah. it does like scare the hell out of you. Or it could though, right? Yeah. So okay. So yeah, okay. right. So it's not. It's not gory. It's not the jump scares. Nope. It's not nope. your slasher kind of stuff. But the original movie is pretty creepy because. The guy who plays Pennywise is pretty creepy. Tim Curry is the fucking man. I've been saying that forever. He's in Legend. He's the best devil. Yep. Tim Curry plays the best bad characters of all time. He's I mean, Clue. He's awesome. He's, in oh my! Clue. So he is unreally awesome in Clue. Yeah. And you cycle through the various endings. Ugh. He's amazing, dude. If look, if all he ever did was Rocky. Exactly. It would be enough. Exactly. That's all he would need to do. And he is the best at what he does. Like, yeah. he's just that, I don't know what it is about his facial structure or what it is, but like, you know, I mean, being the transvestite, you know, up until that, you know, for that whole movie, but Amazing. up until like in Legend where he plays the devil and wears that fucking huge ass horns oh my god that must you know, have been a, such a pain in the fucking ass and the big jaw and he's ripped and i was like 
Is that Tim Curry? I'm like, holy <laughs> fuck, dude, that's awesome. Tim Curry is the shit. But yeah, so him playing Pennywise is legit. Yeah, because he's creepy as fuck. Is creepy as fuck. And and I worry that the... I haven't seen the new one. Have you seen it? Is it good? Is it worth seeing? It is worth I mean, seeing. I'm going to see it. So, so Well, you brought up Stranger Things, so yeah. I, I was saying it's... The new it is Stranger Things, a movie version. Okay. With Pennywise. Yep. Basically. You're in for a ride. It's fun. Um, it's... There's some story parts that... Very little story parts that I thought was like, eh, mm. you... Yeah, you okay? You fucked it up on the story, but y- you didn't. You know, you didn't. You didn't go totally off kilter. I guess some part you did, but there was one that you. There's one part scene that I was like, no, mm. and it wasn't even a big a big deal. Yeah, but to me, it was a big deal, and mm-hmm. I was like, no, you you fucked it. And I was like, no. Well, I mean, it's got Stephen King. Books to movies, short stories to movies is so fucking hit and miss, right? Because for every original it or Carrie, there's the fucking Langoliers. Yep. You know, or you know, name your other shitty Stephen King. Sleepwalkers, which <sighs> actually was all right, but yeah, not... all right is a you're being generous. I'm being I think. generous. I think you're being generous. But that was the only like, Sleepwalkers was, uh, I believe, or the Stand, the Stand series. series. That's another TV. <laughs> Yeah. We were talking, it was like another TV uh, to horror. And, you know, I watched that when it came out yeah. on ABC or, or NBC, wherever the stand. I can't remember, but it yeah. A, it was a four-part series, and I watched before, because I remember, because I, I watched, I made, I made myself watch it before school, because it was a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. <laughs> yeah. They made it go that long. Right. And it was the, during a school, you know, was, I was in school. school yeah. Yeah, so I was like. I got to fucking. I was like late at night, and I was like, "This is fucking long as shit." And if you buy the series, an eight fucking hour long movie. Yeah, right. And TV made for movie, not as good. They yeah. had a couple of great people, but at the same time, it wasn't as um, it wasn't as good as anything that Stephen King writes. Right. Well, and shit, in fairness, he's uneven as shit, too. I mean, some of his shit is... F- okay. There's uh, there, that, that family guy, right? Where, you know, they've got... He was like, and I've got a new book. It's about a scary lamp. Ooh. Mm, and the guy's mm. like, you're not even trying, are you? We'll take it. We'll take right. it. Right. Yeah. Some of the best stuff... Well, okay, so... St- okay, so Stephen King or... Richard Bachman. Yeah. What do you have a favorite book? Do you have a favorite thing that you would like to see that would be like the most amazing movie, but in your head, it's just not made yet. I had one. It got turned into a movie. It so wasn't I, as good, but the movie was like, nah, eh, so so. Yeah, so it actually comes back to King. And they've just made it, and they didn't do it well by all accounts. I want to see the. I want to see the stand, not the stand. I want to see the gunfighter. I want to see that whole thing. Oh, that trilogy is gonna be. The, and uh, I want Dark Tower. And I want to see that. I w- it's got to be you know HBO, Showtime, Encore, somebody. 
that's got to be how it is. Yes. And I need it because it needs multiple, like, it many just, episodes, like, seasons to do it because yeah, that what? is such a rich world. It, why, why aren't they doing that for Stephen King? They need to. His books are long. They can do it. I mean, they're all looking for that kind of stuff. Why haven't He's they optioned the all one. that shit? Okay, the best one right now? Yep. For that, right? Yep. The Regulators. No shit. Have you seen The Regulators? Nope. Yeah. Or not seen it. Have you read it? Yes. That yeah. book. That book. Yeah, no, that would that would translate amazingly visually. God damn, I need to read that book again. Because the first time I read it, I was like, this is the best book I've ever read in my life. The Regulators is the fucking shit. And the fact that with like everything for Stephen King when he's like searching for something is like spiritual, not everything, but mm. like this book. So so read the regulators when they're like spiritual, like they're looking for attack, and tack is like the, you know, yeah. it's like that whole like fucking just epic thing that just turns it's it's a monster but not a monster, and you know, attacking people. It's just like. God damn, this is the best fucking book of all time. Turn it into a Stranger Than Things fucking epic TV series. You could fucking make it last forever. Yeah. You could really make that go on. Yep. Yeah. Long time. Um, that's and, there's no, I, and there's nothing like that, you know, story-wise inside of There's nothing yes. like that right now on TV no, I, or as far as I know, Netflix or They're doing popular Amazon shit, or, you know, so people buy the by the series you know or watch the show but the regulators was one of the ones i read that i was just like holy fuck not even know if it was part of the dark series i don't remember i don't, I don't think, think it, it is was. yeah i don't think it is i think it was a book that stood by itself and the second one that got turned into a film that i read the book first and i was just like wow that was great and I had my own soundtrack. So I, you know, when I read books, I actually like put music on and I like lower. I used to work at hotels overnight. So I used to be a night auditor. Yeah. And I would like, you know, nobody would come in really late at night, two in the morning. And I'd read Stephen King books and I would like put the music down really low so I could just hear it. So it's in the background of my mind. You know, I could just, you know, I, I get it. It's soaking in, it's soaking in. And I would be reading. The best one I read was Hearts in Atlantis. I never read that. Yeah? It's really fucking good. They only tackled the first half of the book. Mm-hmm. The second half was, like, all the, like, after effect of, like, part of that series. It's kind of like watching... So, basically, it's kind of like the It series, right? The It... It tackles the kids. And same thing with Hearts of Atlantis. The beginning of the book tackles kids. And shows what they were like, you know, how they lived their life, mm. you know, who bullied them, that kind of shit, what went on. Then they got to be adults, and it kind of showed that story. And it was great how it tied in. But, you know, it didn't always go well with film. Because they didn't, they didn't tackle the film well with, with, with yeah. Hearts in Atlantis, you know? I don't know. Stephen King's movies, they're hard to get on film. You know, I don't know, like Carrie, that stuff you can do. Carrie. Right. Uh, Cujo. Yeah, although it wasn't a great movie, which is too yeah, bad. Yeah, I mean, it was. But it could, but but it definitely. It was worth I mean, it wasn't bad. It was and, worth and it, watching. And, you know, and, and it can be done well, right? Clear, straightforward narrative. 
Uh, right? Nothing deeply complicated happening. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But, yeah, I think his shit is hard to read. I guess my point is hard to read to transfer to film. Although, Dreamcatchers was really good. Dreamcatchers was mm. one of the best ones that they Movie took way, yeah. and put towards film. You know, they had some good people and, you know, they took the childhood part and made it behind. Yeah. You know, in the film, they made it like the adult guys, like going out to the woods kind of thing, like aliens, shit, you know. Spoiler alerts, who cares, shit. Sorry, this movie, was a movie, long movie, time the movie, ago. The movie came out a while ago, so fucking... Yeah. But great movie. Great movie. It was really well done. Uh, I thought the cast was great. That kind of shit. You know. But, yeah, I don't... I don't, I don't some, there's certain movie, Stephen King movies that I'm like, well, that's a letdown. You know, when you see the trailer, you're like, what trailer was that? Yeah. I, I read that book, dude. Holy fuck. And then now you really... Oh, God. I hope they do it justice. Don't fucking... Don't fuck it up, Hollywood. You're gonna kill it. Nah, they're gonna fuck it up. They're gonna fuck it up. They fuck up a lot of shit. Too much. Too much they fuck up. I don't know. Um, let's see. Other than that, like, my... I... I just love shitty horror movies just in general. I've seen so many. Have you have you seen You count it? like the shitty sci-fi channel movies and to- oh, man, totally, but at the same time like now they're just making it because it got popular for a second like Sharknado and shit and you're like mm, all right. Like we did watch some so we used to have rules too, right? So Chud that when you come into it, you got rules. If there's not a death or a flash of titties in the first yeah. in the first ten minutes, we turn it off and put a new movie on. Yeah, yeah, That's I, it. I I support that. Yeah. So if nobody dies or there's no titties, it's not a fucking horror movie. It's not a B-rated horror movie. No, and we don't watch it. We're like, all right, well, fuck you. Unless you can, unless you can catch our attention, you know. And then also, if it's a good movie. A good shitty horror movie, whatever you're watching. If it's a good movie, we all just shut the fuck up. Like, nobody's <laughs> talking. Everybody's just kind of like, wow, this is a good movie. I'm actually intrigued. I want to watch this shit, right? That's kind of the thing. Um, other than that, there's not really much, like, I've seen so many that, like, you know, doesn't even classify as, like, good or bad or what the fuck ever. My favorite recent movie that took on the what makes a horror movie and I'm going to make fun of it all but still be a horror movie was Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods was good. I really like that. I like it. I like the deep snark yes. that was at the core of that one. I did as well. I also like the remake of uh, House on the Left. That was the last good. Last House on the Left. Yeah. yeah. Which is pretty good. That, I was surprised by that. Yeah. I, and I didn't see it in theaters, right? It was... Nope. I, I saw that whenever. as a regular, just coming, you know, out, yeah. out and about kind of movie. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm going to use the restroom real fast. Yep. You want to keep talking for a second? You want to be pause? Why don't we pause? All right. Let's take a, let's take a quick little break. We'll and, be, uh, we'll we'll be, be right, right back. back. After these moments. <laughs> 
And we're back. We're back. So we are back. So cheesy. So that was the the movie I was talking about before was the uh, Leslie Vern. It was like behind the mask, uh, the rise of Leslie Vern. I I will check that out. Yeah, that was the that was what I was trying to say. Yeah, they um, God, I can't remember if it was Bruce Campbell or somebody affiliated made a spoof of like the fifties horror films. It's called The Lost Skeleton of Cadavera. Didn't see that one. Worth checking out. It's hilariously cheesy. All right. Um, did you see... What was the Bruce Campbell one that he did but with himself? Oh, was... My Name is Bruce. Yes, My Name is Bruce. That was awesome. That was really good. <laughs> I just... That was great. Yeah. That's some of the shit. Like, I love Bruce, Bruce Campbell stuff. Because he for. because he also totally laughs at himself. Yeah, he's super campy. Also, Briscoe County underrated. Briscoe County Junior. Oh, totally, definitely uh, underrated. Um. All right. So besides um, any of that kind of shit, the horror movie in general, uh, which I thought great stuff. Like B rated horror is like my, you know, it's like my. Like, comfort food yeah basically if i can watch something really shitty kind of like tusk yeah. watched last night like <laughs> tusk goddamn it's awesome you know i like um uh what's, uh what's that michael j the frighteners whenever that oh, comes on oh, dude, i, have to I will it. just you yeah. know i will like i'm flipping through and there it is i'm like yeah. and now i'm done flipping yep exactly now i love that I found what i wanted to watch exactly uh, monster squad oh and that shit oh dude monster squad is amazing <laughs> Monster Squad, man. If anybody has that, they need to have it. I have it on DVD. They should get it. Um, hmm. Any of those things. Jeepers Creepers. I fucking love that shit. Jeepers Creepers 1 and 2. Um, How do you feel about Leprechaun? Love him. I've seen all fucking at least five. Right? <laughs> Leprechaun in the Hood. Leprechaun. Leprechaun I, I may never have seen Leprechaun in the Hood. Though you I've may, seen it go back. Should I watch it? Do, you should watch it because right, it's man. that shitty and awesome at the same time. Because Warwick Davis is the fucking man. Warwick Davis is the man. He is the That's man. That's awesome. I mean, Willow is probably one of my favorite movies. It, top ten. Yeah. I'm going to say top ten. Mar- Mad Mardigan with Val Kilmer. He's the man. Val, you know, the greatest swordsman that ever lived. lived. <laughs> it's the best, dude. Fucking, we're, and, and, and Willow is, oh, dude. I'll be a Huckleberry. I'll be a Huckleberry. Tombstone, man. I love that shit. I love that movie, too. Um, Also, Real Genius, by the way, if we're real doing Val Kilmer. Oh, dude, with the popcorn scene at the very yes. end? Oh, my oh, God. dude. Epic scene. That's like, one of those one of those movies you watch and you're like, Shit. <laughs> exactly. That was really good. At first I couldn't tell if that one dude the 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 his friend, the 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 actual main character of the movie was like a girl or a guy. I was like, what is that? And then he was like trying to date girls and I was like, Oh, I guess he's a guy. Kind of he had like yep. weird weird makeup on, like right. I sh- and I was like, I think they just did his makeup wrong and he wasn't really ready for what they were doing. But great ass movie. And the pop, and then they played the um, shit. What was the song? 
Everybody wants to rule the world. Right. Everybody wants to rule the world. Oh, no. Breakfast Club. Was that in the Breakfast Club? Breakfast Club is everybody wants to rule the world, isn't it? That's in that's a real genius too though. Is it? Uh we could look that up. Well let's shit. See. Hold on. <sighs> Go for it. Let's uh let's see if we can find that. You could be right. I could be misremembering and uh, you know, beer. Uh, no I mean it could have been in Is everybody wants to rule the world in real genius? Yeah, I'm, I'm, shit, am I going to have to go watch Real Genius? <laughs> Fuzzy Bunny Slippers? Fuzzy Bunnies. Uh, hold on. Yeah, I heard it. Oh, here's the, the the popcorn house scene. Let's see. My target for a time is oh, income for up. life. Yeah, you want to keep getting a check every month. Oh, it's a no-brainer. If only we were born knowing how to retire. Learn how you could get a check if every month for life. TIAA.org. TIAA.org. Here we go. He's got the popcorn scene. He's got the, he's got the yeah. fucking... The giant bubble. What's his name? I forget his name. The, the character. Okay, God! There, oh. there he goes. <laughs> yep. There he goes. And they shoot the laser beam. Right. There goes in the house. There goes... Right, because yep. I watch you when you touch yourself. Yep. And it's like, oh my god, God's talking to me. <laughs> Holy shit. Because we can wire his his fillings. Yes. Ah! Wasn't he in Bachelor, that guy that at the end of the movie? Yeah. And he got oh his god, ass he got his ass stuck in the fucking the rear sunroof the sun visor uh, car. Oh the popcorn. There it is. There it is. The popcorn seed. Is it popcorn? There it is. Popcorn. <laughs> Asshole. Oh. <laughs> it just floods the house. It just blows up. Just shot of this outside. <laughs> They're just looking like. That'd that actually, that's actually a brilliantly shot moment. No, it definitely is. Like, I don't they, understand. They had to shoot some really good. 80s was the key on all movies. Shut it down. They really had to like. Shut it down. Yeah. The 80s were the best. Like, like uh, fucking uh, Matthew Broderick and War Warcraft. Oh, of that. No, um, War games. War games. How like about a nice like, game of chess? How about a knife game of chess? You're like, oh my god, that was brilliantly done. Brilliantly done. This one at the end, though. Or all the John Cusack movies. Oh, dude. I want my two dollars! I want my two dollars! Does that say anything? Or no, yeah. it was... Uh... Yeah. See? And you okay? No, maybe it was. It might have been the other one. I don't know. It could have been saying anything with Ricky. He was on the ski slope. Ricky. Yes. So Ricky. yeah. So it is. It, yeah, it is say anything because it's also with the Asian guys who learn how to speak English by listening to Howard Cassell. What the fuck? They didn't give us a song. That's what we're looking for. God damn it. This is what it feels like oh, when your phone off. plan combines three networks to. No. Oh man, they didn't give us a song. Weak. 
Laser final. That was the whole. Oh, no, no. That's not what we wanted either. Fuck off. Shut the fuck up. Damn it. They gave us a song. I, I'm pretty sure it was the Everybody Wants to Rule the World. Okay. Oh, here it is. Yeah. 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 This is the ending scene. You're right. You're right. I'm wrong. Yeah. That's right. You think it's getting too weird around here? Absolutely. Absolutely. I didn't notice. I like it. <laughs> Epic 80s, dude. Welcome to your life. There's no turning back. Fucking love it, dude. This is what my life is based on. Well, on that note, anything you want to leave out into the world? Falls here. Falls here. Uh, Halloween is coming. Halloween is coming. Y'all better be working on your costumes. Yes, definitely. Anything else? Um, I don't know. Just epically into some nostalgia. Give them, give them something. Give the world something. I don't know, out. I guess, you know, remember to search for freedom and for pleasure. Ooh. I like that. There you go. That's a good one. Um, great conversation. Thanks, This was man. a great pleasure. Yeah, we had a lot, a lot of good topics. I think we haven't we even went, come close to exhausting them. Yeah, not even close. We, t- we scratched the surface on a lot. Yeah. So... Um, some of the shit I, lo- I love epically on 80s movies I'm like oh, this is definitely a this is the best um, but yeah uh, thanks for coming on man I really appreciate it it's my great pleasure um, so much always so much more to talk about there's so much in the world that we didn't really yeah, well we can do it again to. for sure definitely um, but yeah alright well cheers man cheers my friend yep and we'll see that you next a, time it's a great pleasure to be here Y'all be safe out there. Yeah. Wherever you happen to be. Stay safe. All right. Later. All right. That's it. That's all she wrote. Uh, you can tell we got a little drunk there at the end. I was uh, I was a little I was a little buzzed. And we went out after that. Don't worry. We Ubered. When you go out and you're drinking heavily, Uber or Lyft. Lyft your ass or Uber your ass. Whatever. But yeah, you can tell at the end I was getting a little buzzed. And I'm like, this is what my life is all about. This 80s. Which it kind of is. It's nostalgic for me. Uh, you know, I grew up on those movies and watching all that shit, but you can tell. Got a little lit. But uh, anyway, I want to thank Gabe for coming by and talking with me. I thought it was a great conversation. I had really f- a really fun time. Um, I want to thank the Rosen Crown, Palo Alto, California, Ale Arsenal, San Carlos, California, uh, the Willow Market in Menlo Park and uh, Jane's Beer Store in Mountain View. Uh, check all of those places for great beer and great people working there, too. They'll help you out, and they got lots of knowledge to drop on you about the beer. So, uh, And also thanks to All in the Details. All in the Details is a car detailing company in New Jersey and Pennsylvania. And you should check that out. Especially their Instagram.com slash all in the details PA. 
and check out that work because they do some good work other than that um let's see enjoy your sunday enjoy the rest of the week and i believe i'm not positive if i have one this this a podcast this week i might have a break but i i might or i might not depending on if uh i'm going down to uh san gregorio not san gregorio fucking uh pacific grove which is like by monterey so it's a couple hours away so i I don't know if i'll be doing one then but uh if i do uh i will let people know and i will post it so uh all right well i'll talk to you later sorry i'm rumbling on here rambling ramble on all right later guys It's not that people from the West Coast aren't people pizza.